You are now listening to Out of the Blank. In a galaxy far, far away, I start talking to now. It's Mike Fer, Fer, Ferrando. Oh, good fucking lord, Robbie. Good I, fucking Christ, my friend. Did I get it on the first try? All right. Well, hey, look, at least you didn't do what 99% of the population does out there. And I they put an N and where an R goes. So it's like double R. So look, I will say to you what I say to everybody else. It's uh, Ferrando as fur, as in fur coat. I was going to say that, but I was like, <laughs> I guarantee you that's not what it is. <laughs> ran like ran down the road and doe like like deer, deer female yeah. deer yeah. there you go ferrando so like yeah my name is mike lando ferrando and i gotta stress like the lando part real quick and i know it's like just a nickname lando um, calrissian yes and it does come from star wars and it's funny because like lando calrissian isn't even my favorite star wars character ironically and i'm just a white dude and right and lando is like the He's one of the, you know, black characters in Star Wars, which is super cool. One of the sexiest ones. Uh, hell yeah. He's got the swagger and everything. And the mustache. Had the one, the cape drenched over the shoulder. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, so like my nickname Lando is kind of like, it kind of started as like a video game handle. Um, I've always used Lando as my video game handle. And then it just kind of turned into a permanent nickname where I literally had all, all of my friends and all the people I hang out with, like, literally call me Lando instead of my real name. Uh, I'm so hardcore on it. I actually have Lando tattooed on my arm in Arbrish, which if, if you're not a Star Wars fan, you're not going to know, or hardcore Star Wars fan, you're not going to know what Arbrish is. Arbrish is actually Star Wars language. It's its own language with characters. So, yeah, I have Lando tattooed on my arm, and I got some other Star Wars tattoos. I'm, I'm super hardcore. So... A hardcore and, and not in the porn way. In the, in the <laughs> hey, man, if uh, you know, if you want to dress up as Princess Leia and give me a strip tease, I'll hey, that's actually a thing. That's a there's the type of porn out there and a the type of thing where people dress up as uh, Princess Leia. It's got to be the slave outfit. Like, you go to these uh conventions and stuff, and um, like I said, I went to the Star Wars convention this year with my brother, and yeah, there's uh, women dressed in princess leia slave outfit from return of the jedi which is super sexy so now what about Jabba the hut you have a fascination for him um i might no <laughs> i like dive into that realm from feeling <laughs> i think it's crazy because like a lot of people like they hear like well first let's start off what do you do professionally before we sure, man. Star Wars. So, um, like I told you, um, it was just, it wasn't like hard to get together with you, but right now, man, I'm a super busy guy. Um, but my full-time job, what I do, um, actually my anniversary was just on September 13th was I actually work at a company. It's a restaurant supply company and I work in customer service. What actually originally when I started back in the year 2000, um, I started in the warehouse. So for all the listeners out there, man, I'm just your typical average Joe. Like just real quick, I just have a high school diploma. Uh, started working straight after high school. And I, you know, I had some jobs here and there. And I finally got into this warehouse and I worked in the warehouse for 10 years. And then I applied for an office position in customer service. 
and I got it and I've been in customer service for nine years where, you know, I help people return uh, restaurant supplies, basically. Yeah, but it's like dealing with the public is such a not popular job to do. I don't, I can't stand, I mean, I work at a hotel, so I, I, I do the nameless act. I don't have a name tag on my shirt. So when I help somebody out, they go, what's your name? I want to say something. I'm just like, you have a wonderful day. And then I just walk away on the concept <laughs> of like, I don't need that. I mean, there's, it doesn't take me five minutes to hold open a door for somebody and truly do something like that. But I feel like with customer service, that's so tasking because you're literally answering calls all day or you're working with the public. And it seems like everyone's kind of on edge. Like everyone's kind of willing to snap on someone in front of them because they're, it's, it, they're at a job. So they don't have the time to really snap back. All right. So it's funny you say that. So yeah. So at least all my customer service, it's all over the phone or through email. Now, there was a point where when I worked in the warehouse, um, I was cross-trained in the showroom. We have a local showroom where people can actually come in and browse the showroom, um, local customers. And there was a period where I did help. And that is all face-to-face -face with people that walk in and you got to help them find what they need, uh, help them find whatever they want and put orders in and, and whatnot. But my main job, like I basically, it's funny, right? Um, I sit where I'm sitting right now is pretty much where I do my job. I am very, very fortunate where I can work from home every single day. Um, only when I have like mandatory meetings that I have to go into the office and I can literally email people, call people, uh, set up pickups to get refrigerators or a case of plates or whatever uh, picked up. So like I said, it's like one portion. Of, I mean, I've done all kinds of stuff at my job. I've worked in the warehouse. I've worked in the showroom. Uh, when I first went up to customer service, I was actually cross-trained as the receptionist. And I would have, I was the one you, you would walk in and I would be there to greet you. Or if somebody calls in, thank you for calling Central Restaurant Products. I'm going to direct your call. Like that was me. Did it was crazy. A, did you have a false voice too, more of like a broad? Oh, voice. dude. So, all right, look, I, I don't care who you are out there, right? You have your talking voice, which, you know, this is my talking voice. And this is, which is nice for like when I do the podcast because I just talk like me. And look, when I'm working, you're in customer service. So you put the customer service voice on, right? So if I'm talking to a customer, I'm talking to a freight company, talking to a vendor, um, yeah, man, my voice is, I'm going to make my voice sound real pleasant, real, you know, real positive. And, and, you know, like, here's an example. Like, you know, somebody calls me up, I'm going to be like, I'm gonna be like, hi, you know, this is Mike Ferrando in customer service. Uh, how can I help you today? Oh, uh, oh yeah. You need to get those plates returned. Uh, would, um, would, would Monday work out for that pickup? I, I can send FedEx uh, ground out there on Monday. No, no, you know what? I'm going to make it super easy for you. Uh, they're going to come out there with a label and all you got to do is hand that box over to the driver. Oh, th you are. Thank you so much. Yes. Talking to him. Do like you see the difference now? Hold on. You like see the difference? They're a dog though. But you're like, you talk to a dog like it's a child. Like you have to do this dumb, slow speech. That's what you do in customer service. I failed at customer service <laughs> one time. I had one shot and I blew it because I answered the phone. I said, hello. And they said, yeah, is this, um, is this, and they, they named the, the company I worked for. And I was like, yeah, what's up? And then immediately my boss was like, that, you can't, like you have the speech in front of you saying, I'm like, look, man, I'm not giving them a fake thing. I'm going to talk. If I was an IT guy, I would just answer the phone and be like, hello. First of all, I'm going to ask you one question. Did you plug it in? Okay. Thank you. 
hang on. <laughs> you know, it's funny about that, man. That's the about even my IT department at work, their like interaction skills, people skills, everyday people skills, uh, dude, they are so, so lacking. So um, it was actually kind of nice to hear the gentleman you just had on do the Dungeons and Dragons. I guess he was in the IT and, but he seemed real personable, uh, real easy to talk to. Dude, like most of our IT guys, they're just like, they come, they fix your problem and they're just like real straightforward and they'll, they'll send you instructions on how to do something. They'll let you try to do it by yourself. <laughs> it fucking reads in Greek, right? He's like, what? My one buddy is, is all IT at a casino. Um, he's, he's on, I think like my 24th episode, his name's Chris Rourke. And he's been on a couple of times. We do the Revenge of the Geeks podcast. If you really want to look up that one, that's like us just being nerdy as hell. But um, it's the concept, like when he goes and talks to people, he cannot associate everything he has is inside meme references and all these things where you're like, what are you talking about, man? But when he gets on the phone, like it's just a list of stuff he goes and tries to walk you through. Like a, like if Elon Musk was going to explain a Tesla and its inner workings and all the stuff he's working on, you would just sit there like, uh, like mind boggling. Yeah, th that's like my point exactly. Like they have their own like, like speech world and their own like universe of like talking and like it yeah it doesn't like make any sense like to the, I guess to the common person. Now I've I've worked out basically around the clock, so I've been at my gym times have been all differently. So I've worked out at two o'clock in the morning, and there are two types of people that you meet at a gym at two o'clock in the morning. There are the drug dealers, and there are the people that are too smart. <laughs> I mean, too smart just to have conversations with average day individuals. There's, so it's the opposite of bumping into somebody at Walmart at two in the morning. Basically, yeah. <laughs> You're not having a logical conversation with anybody at Walmart at two o'clock in the morning. Actually, that's where you'll see people more disconnected. Um, I go to Walmart at two o'clock in the morning, eh, you know, but um, I do that mostly like because, uh, hey, options are cheaper. You get the yellow sticker items, you know, you got a, you got a coupon, you got to save where you can. But it's more of the aspect of like, I find myself more awake when people are asleep. I don't like being up when everyone's awake because of the concept of we're all walking around wearing this kind of false identity in a way. Kind of a little bit scares me just on the concept of you never know what someone's truly interested in. Like I see a guy that wears Star Wars clothing, sees or wears superhero clothing. Um, I, I first thing I ask them is like, is this something like because it's a trend now to be nerdy, or is it just the concept of do you actually care about this? Like I'm able to connect with you because right behind you you have a million Funkos on the wall. I'm like, oh shit, this guy does not care. I love that aspect because you're not displaying some false perception for me. No, and it's awesome that you say this. And, and this is actually stuff we've actually talked on my podcast. Um, you know, yeah, I've never been afraid or concerned to be a Star Wars fan. Um, you know, and I am a, and just real quick, so everybody knows out there, I'm, I'm 41 years old. So actually, I was born the year Star Wars came out in 1977. So I am an original fan, per se. And um, we're kind of the dick fans. And we've talked about this on the podcast where original Star Wars fans give other Star Wars fans shit because they like episode one, episode two, episode three, you know, like the newer ones or whatnot, because we watched the originals and we grew up with the original versions, the unaltered versions, and we were Star Wars fans when it wasn't popular to be Star Wars fans. And like, I did a whole podcast about fandom. And it's funny because at the end of the day, my brother uh, labeled me a hippie Star Wars fan because I love it all. 
I loved it since I can even remember it. I love it now. I love everything. I, I don't love like all. the new ones. You I, don't like the new ones? I understand it because I've talked to people that do Star Wars podcasts, and they talk about the concept of it was a way for them as parents to connect with their children that didn't grow up with these movies. Like nowadays, a kid's attention really only gets hooked, and a movie's only good to them if it has explosions, if it has newer graphics. You know, they're not going to play older video games because it's just too out of the realm. I mean, sometimes I pop in a Nintendo 64 game, and I'm like, what the hell am I playing right now? How was I so mind boggled by this? But it's the nostalgia effect. But I've talked to these parents. And they go, it's a way for me to connect to my kid because my kid loves the movies. And then seeing them actually want to dive into the originals, the original concept. For me, I saw The Phantom Menace was my first movie. That decided me for, for me to go back. Only on the concept of my dad knew I loved fucking Liam Neeson. And he was like, son, you need to learn about a little bit of history here. And this is a really good movie I want you to watch. And that, I saw Star Wars before I saw Star saw star trek and i actually got into an argument with my cousin and my buddy evan that were on my podcast because it's fucking nighttime and they're they're saying star trek's better and they're wearing both of them are wearing sunglasses and we're podcasting and i'm just sitting here i'm like i automatically win this conversation they're like what are you talking about i'm like you're both wearing sunglasses and it's fucking night outside i win i'm the star <laughs> wars fan here like it's, it already proves that i'm i'm the winner that's hilarious. And look, man, there is like kind of like the Star Trek versus the Star Wars. But look, Star Trek is really popular. Don't get me wrong. And the William Shatner and all the next generation. I, I love some of that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But there isn't a and this, and this is just my opinion, man. There isn't a movie franchise out there that can even come close to touching what Star Wars does to society, to pop culture society. Uh, to life in general, almost. Uh, you know, this movie has come, or this saga of movies has become bigger than movies. And you can't say that about, you know, movies in general. Um, you, you know, I, I, the way I like to, you know, think about Star Wars and stuff, like some of like my favorite moments is, because I've been to conventions, right? Like, so I'm old enough, man. I went to Celebration 2, Celebration 3, and I went to this past one in Chicago. And, you know, when people say, Lando, you know, you know, oh, you know, you love, you know, going to conventions and getting like exclusive toys or seeing your favorite actor, right? That, that's like the best thing. And I go, no, 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 that's, that's not the best thing. I said, no, that's not the best thing. Well, what's the best thing about going to a Star Wars convention? Dude, the best thing about going to a fucking Star Wars convention is meeting somebody who lives in a fucking other country who fucking flies to the fucking United States to go to a Star Wars convention and you meet them there and you can talk Star Wars with them or you can talk about anything with them because Star Wars, this movie, right? That's to some people, it's just a fucking movie has brought all different. And you've talked about it on several of your podcasts. Star Wars brings nationalities, no matter what your background, no matter what your color, no matter what language you speak, it brings people together right for a positive reason and that's, you can meet all different kinds of people that's the best part i, I like about comic cons because i did uh i used to do a spinoff of this podcast called fill in the blank where we focused on topics and the first one was my buddy's experience at comic con and i was asking him like for me i never went to comic con it was seen as nerdy because you know i care a lot about what people think but as i became older i learned that's uh, something i need to fix in myself 
Um, I, I, I want to be as real as possible. If anybody's going to say I'm a dick, they're going to say, you know, Robbie, you know, he's not a good or bad person. He's just Robbie. I love that response because I'm so different. I like to be my own unique person. I don't want to live a structured life. But I've talked to people that go to these Comic-Con conventions and go to all these different types of just conventions in general. And I say, how do you do that knowing that people are going to judge you for how you look and people consider you nerdy? And they go, because we're surrounded by people that we don't care, like that, that don't, don't care either. We can dress up. We can be somebody that we want to be. Not, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the fantasy aspect, but it's like, why are we giving so much of a shit? Why do we care what other people think of us so much that even though they're not going to matter five minutes into our life? I was like, this is the reason why I also chalk up to my laziness of going to the grocery store with just pajama bottoms on or sweatpants. You know, why do I care? I'm not going to meet any of these people. I'm out here doing what I need to do and then going back home and relaxing. I'm not going and trying to, you know, too many people, even like women, the standards for women nowadays is based on like, you have to look a certain way. You have to be like this. You have to be pretty. You have to wear an hour of makeup before we go. No. Okay. I'm fucking hungry. Let's go. I don't have to wait two hours for you in the, like, while I'm sitting in the car and you're getting your hair done. I want to go get food. Okay. It's, it's that whole concept. We can care what other people judge. And that's why people take it so damn to offense when someone craps on something like star Wars and somebody gets really offended by it. It's like, did you need to throw your sixth sense in there about something you don't like? Then don't watch it. You know, it's, it's that simple. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, um, you know, because, Mar- you know, t- to really quickly kind of compare, because, right, Marvel, man, right, it's the, one of the biggest across-the-board things. And, right, we just got Endgame. And look, man, that movie was fucking amazing. It ended amazingly. I thought it ended perfect. I was fucking bawling my eyes out uh, at the end of that movie. I've seen all the MCU movies. Um, and once again, it was pointed out to me that, yeah, Mike, you saw all the movies. Do you read all the comics? Do you know all the ins and outs? And I'm like, no. And they're just like, yeah, they go, it's funny, Mike, you're a hardcore Star Wars person, but like, you're just a casual person when it comes to Marvel. So they said, they told me, they said, hey, if you walk into a comic book store and you're just like, yeah, I like the way uh, Aquaman ended or Endgame ended, like some sweaty nerd in there might give me shit because I haven't read like the comic book of so-and-so and and I don't know the backstory of Mysterio. And look, I saw the Spider-Man movie over over, a couple months ago, the new one that had Mysterio in it. I know nothing about Mysterio, nothing. And, and dudes, if, if, if a sweaty nerd, if they heard me say that, I would probably get fucking put through the ringer about it right what do you mean you don't know who mysterio is that sucks and that's when i translated over the star wars and and the fandom and bringing the fan base back together which i don't want us original fans i don't want them to do that to people who love the prequels or people who love the animated stuff or you know because there's too much negativity right now in star wars uh, especially after the last movie came out or the, the last, it was the last Jedi, the last Jedi came out, it split the fan base in two. And then six months later, the Han Solo movie came out, which bombed at the box office. I absolutely love the movie, but it bombed. And then everybody shit all over that. And ever since that happened, um, recently, like the fans have just been shitting all over star Wars and it's just crazy and like i said the the prequel stuff with us older fans and people shitting on people because 
they like Jar Jar Banks. Oh, you know Jar. Everybody, all us original fans, we're supposed to hate fucking Jar Jar Banks. Oh, we have to hate George Lucas because the acting was bad in the movies or he fucked up the story or this and that. And no, man, if somebody loves Jar Jar Banks, like you said, like you started with the prequels. I'll respect that. You started with the prequels. Maybe Jar Jar Binks was the character that got you into Star Wars, and that's why you love Star Wars. I love that you love Star Wars. If it was Jar Jar Binks, it was Jar Jar Binks. If it was Luke Skywalker, it's Luke, if it's Darth Vader, whatever. And that's the biggest problem with fandom out there that really needs to be addressed. And like I said, you talk about positivity and bringing people together a lot, and it needs to happen in the Star Wars fandom. It's not even the Star Wars fandom. It's any type of – everybody. It's everything. It's yeah. considered a concept. What we're doing is we're closing the community. We're, we're, we're making closed groups, not creating an openness and a willingness to let people learn about something. How is a kid going to learn more about Star Wars if you're not going to open him up and you make him feel crappy when he goes to a comic book store or Star Wars shop to be able to buy these types of things, be able to learn? You, know? uh, you didn't just start – you just—you weren't just born with Star Wars information. You occurred that. You gathered it throughout your years. So it's like, why would you knock them for doing that? I tell people, if you say my podcast is not a fit for you, that's like saying you're not human because this is all something. We're all, it's not closed off to anybody. I, I open it up for everyone. I think more people need to do that in just their average day life. If you start closing off information, I mean, I felt uncomfortable walking into GameStop being like, hey man, can I just get that game? And they're like, you, oh, so you know about the game. It's like when you wear a sport hat or you wear some type of sport jersey, even though you don't like the team, they're like, oh, Raiders fan? I'm like, no, man, I just wear the jersey. Oh, you're, you're fake, bro. You're fake. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like you're, it doesn't matter. Does it matter what I'm wearing when it comes to a hat or a sport thing? Does it matter if I know all about Star Wars, all the little ins and outs, every single detail that happens in the movie? No, I find it fascinating that if you look up the bloopers and the deleted scenes to Star Wars, you're seeing the guy in the C3PO costume fall over and people had to run over and help him get up because he physically was incapable of moving in that. And the fact that they had a, a person shoved into R2-D2 a small dwarf person in R2-D2, that blows your mind behind the story of it. I mean, it, it shows where how far they went to make these movies, how far these people invested themselves. Do you know Le uh, Princess Leia? She actually died of depression. She has suicidal depression. I learned about that in my psychology class. Yep, like, unfortunately. It, yeah. it, you know, rest in peace. But hearing that, you know, that makes you want to learn and watch the movies and pick up those things. Like, well, how was she disguising it so well? And it shows so many crucial flaws, like where uh, like uh, people suffer all the time. But the aspect of it, anything you can experience anything just by some random thing that you couldn't like not, you know, being involved into it as a kid, but just hearing that type of thing about princess Leia, then deciding to watch every single star Wars, you know, it's these concepts. When you start creating a closed group, you're blocking off so much of this, the series and fandom that you found a fascination with in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I mean, I mean, once again, you're absolutely correct, man. It's about bringing people together. Um, and, and once again, I've, I've listened to your other podcast and it's like, put the phones down, uh, you know, go out and have real conversations with people. Like today's society is like, so we're so 
plugged in. I mean, I hate using like a matrix like like reference, but yeah, we myself included. Look, man, I'm guilty as charged. I'm I'm plugged into my phone like all the time. And I'm going to look, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. And I mean, you could uh ask any member of my family. So I had a family meeting. So uh real quickly, so like yeah, I have um I actually have I have 3 kids. Uh one is passed away. If you want to get into that, we can if you want to get a little bit more personal with me. Um, but I have a son, a 16-year-old son. His name is Anakin from Star Wars. I'm, I'm hardcore, people. Um, and I have an 18-year-old daughter, Anna, and then my wife. And, and I had a family meeting, and I said, hey, everybody. I said, uh, I, said I got an idea. I said, you know, because uh, it's funny, man, because you have episodes where you talk about playing cards and play board games and, and shit like that. Dude, I, I grew up doing that. Like, that's what my family did with us. And I have, like, 10,000 games shit up, up collecting dust, like, right up on top in a fucking closet. So I said, all right, fam. I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, none of us talk anymore. I said, none of us communicate. And I was just like, Sunday night, we are going to eat dinner together, all together at the table. Everybody. Phones, no phones. They're all in different rooms. They're all in other rooms, no phones. And then after dinner, we're all going to play a board game. We're going to play cards. We're going to do something. And the phones are still gone. That way, we're doing something fun. So we got the dinner where we can sit and talk like human beings. And then we can have a little bit of fun, play a board game, play some cards, and lighten the mood up and talk to each other like human beings and get back in each other's lives on a more personal level. And you know what, Robbie? I got that from listening like I said, I kind of binged, uh, listened to a lot of your episodes this week, um, knowing I was going to come on with you. And dude, man, it really uh, sparked something in me to change that in my life. Wait, so, so you did that from listening to me? Yeah. Holy shit, I actually did something good in this world. Thank God. No, and that's what I'm saying, man. Like you, you know, us podcasters and just people that, you know, have the, the platform um, it doesn't matter if one person's listening or a thousand people are listening. Um, right. Like you helped me this week dude. do something in my life. Uh, if you can touch or change or motivate one person, dude, I mean, mission accomplished. Like, yeah, like you actually helped me bring more positivity to my life and dude, my life isn't like great by no means. Right. But, but it's a start. It's a, it's a starting point and hopefully it brings more positivity and communication uh, in my household. Yeah, we definitely, I think, you know, I'm at fault for doing it too, just because of the fact like I, I never had as a kid, I mean, I had my parents, they worked two jobs. So it was a little bit difficult to create, you know, now where it's, they want that connection. They want that time to sit down. It's like, I'm already doing something completely different. I'm at the spot where you want to break off and go into your own but i still find it like let's plan something let's do something let's sit at the table again i remember having those types of sit downs and you know basically playing monopoly basically it's all based on capitalism you're just trying to make the other person go broke you know to the point where like you're grounded for two weeks i'm like what like you stole all my property like it's that whole concept but it's that connection that's when you can see like hey let's trilogy it up let's let's watch star wars let's you know let's let's find this connectivity this way because the time goes by, 
it flies by without even you know next thing you know it's been four hours later you're like whoa we're still at the dinner table it's like yeah you're finding out more about people that you you don't realize you're being so disconnected to nowadays and back in the day we, we used to people used to talk you know we used to actually have conversations we look for that social media acceptance you know we bitch about our problems on facebook and instagram and when that light comes through well, yeah, I mean, you speak about back in the day. I know about back in the day, right? I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm 41, right? So I'm an 80s child. I'm a 90s teenager into adulthood, right? So yeah, man, when I was a te even a teenager, right? And I was actually explaining this to, you know, my kids, and I've explained it to them before, you know, um, there wasn't any social media, wasn't any cell phones. I mean, shit, man, like the pager didn't come out until like, you know, it was real popular in the mid nineties. No, man, I had to go out to places and get a fucking job, go to the place, fill out applications, get my job. I had to, you know, meet people. Like I had to go out there and meet people. If I wanted to meet people, if I had girlfriends, I had to meet them somewhere. I had to go talk to them. I had to be there face to face. I didn't have this fucking swipe left. Sw I don't even know anything about that fucking bullshit, but but you know, it is, it's totally different. It's a totally different world when you, when you have to physically go out there and get it, you know, and that's, what's really lacking in today's society is right. There's there, that personal connection. Dude, there is no personal connection. We're not, we're not bonded anymore. It's, it's the fact like when you lose that connection connectivity, just to people in general, you start to be null and void to feelings and emotions and you just start to not care about what you say to others you know there are things you should take to heart and there are things that you shouldn't we're looking at the most ridiculous factors and now we're taking those to heart when they shouldn't be taken that way whether a joke is a joke or whether you know something was just said and it, it shouldn't have any deeper meaning now we're getting so defensive because everything's up attack on us because we don't care about people anymore we're so easily being able to be like, eh, you know, throw it right at their face. I'm like, no, sometimes you want to sit down and you just want to chat. But, you know, now it comes down, you know, back in the day, the only thing was like, oh, well, you know, we're at war. But guess what? The big thing is going on in our neighborhood is that that kid's a Star Trek fan and we're Star Wars fans. You know, there was <laughs> yeah. that conflict. Nowadays, it's like, oh, he believes this political view. He believes this religional view. It's like, Why? Why are we talking about this? It doesn't matter. I don't need to talk to you and in the first minute to be addressed as you're a Democrat. Why are you telling me that? I don't care. Like it. Yeah. yeah you know, it's funny. Like I said, my daughter, she, um, this is, uh, this is a cool, it's, I mean, it is a kind of cool. She was actually born on nine 11, like the, the day it happened. Like she was born in the afternoon. So I was actually in the hospital when all that shit went down. Um, and you know, and she just turned 18 and one of the first, the very first thing she told me is dad, I get to vote next year. That's awesome. And she was like, dad, I'm actually going to dig in a little bit, listen to everything and then make my, uh, opinion, you know, make my vote depending on all the research that I find on both candidates. And I was like, that's actually a really good view on probably how to do that you're the very first time you get the vote i said that's awesome yes so you should absolutely do that it should be a good view on anything you do just do a little bit of research into it well and why well, that's the right i mean that's the problem that most people don't take the time to do any research or whatnot so dude just once again man this is a lazy this might be hey man i might get shit on for this but 
dude, this generation of people, uh, uh, you know, what, whatever you want to call them, millennials or whatever the fuck you want to say, this is a lazy generation, my friend. Um, it is, it is, uh, you know, I'm part of this generation, but it's just the concept of we're, we're lazy in the manner that the easiest thing for us to do is just be comfortable. I don't want to be comfortable. I don't want to be rolled up to the window at 90 years old. And they asked me how my life went. And I said, I made it through life. If I say I made it through life, then I didn't truly give myself any effort to do anything I wanted to do. I've been, we're lost. Okay. Everybody's lost. We don't know what we're doing. Leonardo da Vinci said it best. I've quoted a millions of times in the podcast. Art is never finished. Just left undone. You hear yeah. that people are constant works in progress till you're Day of death, you are constantly building and constantly building something. And people think that they can just hit a level of success and stop. No, the true innovators, Bill Gates, all these types of people, they keep on going. You think George Lucas should have stopped after his first movie? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> if he would have stopped after his first movie, it wouldn't have became the giant thing that it is today where you're seeing new movies be, happen now and it's been like 30 years. I mean – it's still going and going and going. I don't see it ending anytime soon. I mean, it, it's it, it, anywhere you go in Disney World, they capitalize on Star Wars. I mean, it's just that's all the whole area of the park. So something you hit on, um, actually, if my, my job actually hits on, because my, my full-time job, man, they're real, like, values-oriented. Um, and, you know, they, you know, every year I, like, read, like, motivational books and this and that. And um, something they really preach and for our job is, look, there's a comfort zone and then there's a learning zone. And they said, if you find yourself in the comfort zone, kick yourself out of the comfort zone and get in the learning zone. They, they preach to you, feel uncomfortable, get uncomfortable. Because you know what? When you're uncomfortable, you're learning. And that's where you want to be. So when you finally, when it, and it finally hits you in the head that, man, I do the same thing every single day, the same way. You got to get yourself out and you got to do something different. And you got to, you got, you have to figure it out. And that's another thing about my job. Like at the end of the year, right? We do our reviews and my boss isn't just like, all right, Mike, uh, next year, uh, you have to accomplish this, 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 and this. No, you know what my boss does, Mike, you tell me what you're going to do next year. You tell me what books or what classes or what you're going to bring to the table. And I got to come up with stuff every year to try to, yeah, to try to motivate myself or learn something new or get myself into something new and keep growing and keep expanding. Um, I read a good book. It's called Blue Ocean Strategy that I read a couple years ago. And it dives into that exact, and it's all about business. And it's, 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 it's a really good book. And it's actually taking people's business models. Right. And you could take like for me, we could take there's a, like a competitor. We could take their business model, but we have to mold it our company's way and make it successful for us. But then make it successful. And like you said, evolve it when it when it peaks, because you got to keep evolving it to keep making it peak and keep changing because you got to change. Right. Because society change, um, business changes. Right. Like everything changes. Trends. Dude, my company. We started putting our restaurant supplies on Amazon. Dude, this year, we're, we got them on eBay. Dude, we have them on Walmart now. We have them on the Google store. So, right, because the trend, dude, is online. Like, it is. Unfortunately, our business is set up for that personal touch 
and for, cause we have sales reps and the, our model is to have people call in, talk to a sales rep and talk, talk to you. How can I make your restaurant successful? And the business trend it's dude, it's going so far away from that. And it's going so much online and we're trying to conform to all the online stuff, but we're trying to be that we're still trying to be that company that gives you the personal touch. Do you think, uh, like I said, there's online restaurant companies. Do, do you think there's a Mike Ferrando waiting in the wings to email or call you up and say, Hey, I know you got that case of plates. I'm going to send a FedEx driver out to you to pick that up. So you don't have to take it to the FedEx store. Dude, nobody does that anymore. We that, do. We lost a personal connectivity is the problem. We, you know, now at like my hotel, there's a hospitality thing that's going on. We're hospitality. It's supposed to mean it dealing with the public. Okay. Being, being helpful being all these types of things that's not happening anymore because people can book online you don't have to even have front desk people anymore you don't have to you know you don't have to deal with that hassle people consider talking to others being a hassle and that's just the concept of nowadays we're all weak we're all hurt we all want to explain our thing that we have out there what we should be doing what we want to be doing because we're not connected we're not talking anymore we're not being these people anymore it's it, it's very we're it's very hard where i think Technology has taken us in a major benefit, first of all, giving me the platform to be able to talk to you, you know, somewhere where I might have never even encountered you. But at the same time, we're going a really wrong way in investing how much time and effort that we use to it. We use it to structure our lives now. You know, we used to never break out of that comfort zone. Half the time at work, they're like, can you just stay out of sight? Like, I don't care what you do, just go with it. I'm like, can you give me something else to do? Can I leave now? Like you, you still work another two hours. I'm like, but there's nothing for me. I'm sitting on my phone. You can only do that for an hour until you're completely fucking bored to the point where you're like, I just want to go home. I'd rather, you know, I'm at work all day. You know, what's running through my head. I have, I could be podcasting right now. I could be podcasting right now. I could be podcasting right now. I, 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 I'll kill sleep over to do this stuff. Just on the concept of, we all hit around the same basis. You know, people believe that, everyone is just hurt. We're looking in a crippled society and we're modeling ourselves off things we should not be modeling ourselves off of. Creativity, all these things are going to be lacking in the future because now things are so damn easy for us. What creativity? Everything is done for everybody, right? Uh, it's, it's, fun, it's funny you say that. And I've had this, this talk with both of my kids. I actually had this talk with my son today. Um, you know, when I was a teenager and, and like I said, you know, no one has to be the way I was. And like I said, that's the first thing. I'm not you, dad. I, I, I know you're not me. But, you know, when I was 16, I had my license. I had a job. I went to high school. I had a girlfriend. I, I was in, I play music. I was in a band, right? I was learning. So I had all these outlets, right? And I kept myself super busy. So Guess what? And look, man, I'm not like Mr. Goody Two Shoes over here. All right. So don't fucking think that for a second. However, I was just kept myself so busy with work and girls and music and playing fucking video games and, you know, hanging out with my friends, uh, the right friends that, yeah, man, I didn't get into drugs. I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't drinking all the time. I did my, I did my fair share of drinking and stuff, but like, it wasn't like, every weekend and it didn't like control my life. Um, so, you know, and that's what I try to tell my kids is, you know, you need outlets, like you need stuff. And like you talk about anxiety and, 
and the attention stuff. And I just think people need creative outlets. And I was just very, very fortunate, man, that where I learned at a young age because of my good buddy, uh, I, I met, I met this guy, uh, his name is Jim and I met him at Kroger, man, bagging groceries when I was, you know, when I was fucking 16 and he was in a band, his bass player left. He, he said, Mike, you're playing bass and singing. And I was like, huh? And I learned how to, so like, I've never had any lessons. I'm self-taught. I started playing bass at 16. I, you know, I sang and the rest is history, man. And, and like, I got to dive into playing music, writing music. And it's such a creative outlet, man, that um, even today I'm 41. Right. And I told you, dude, I, 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 so I don't, I haven't told everybody I work two jobs right now. I'm super busy. And my only free days are literally Saturday and Sunday and Monday night. Like that's, I'm working the rest of the, the time or sleeping. And I can't even do my band right now that started back up last year, which really sucks. And because for me, my outlets and for me to lower my anxiety and my stress levels, um, I need my outlets. And right now I have a treadmill. Like I know you work out. So do I. It's different though. I don't, I don't do, I mean, you see how skinny I am. Um, I, I jog. So right now, and this is several years of work. I can do um, eight minutes and 49 second miles, six miles straight at that pace. And I do that. I, I usually do about five because I work from home and I go to lunch. I do about five miles, take shower, come back to work. I do that four times a week. And especially during the day when I get stressed out, I can hit the treadmill. It de-stresses me. You know, before when I wasn't working two jobs, I can pick up my acoustic guitar because I play bass, but like I have an acoustic guitar. I can pick up my guitar, play for a little bit. It de-stresses me. If I want to play Call of Duty or play Madden or play NBA 2K or play, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption, I can play that for an hour. It calms me down. People just need outlets and like i heard that like some of the video game talk and that you've done on your podcast and yeah man people shit all over fucking video games nah man video games can be a positive outlet to de-stress people yeah the, the problem is the way we truly invest our emotion and all our time into thing it's just like drinking too much water it's just like doing too much of anything if you over consume or overdo anything it becomes bad you know, you play video games too much. I experienced it when I was a kid. I basically developed a personal relationship with my Xbox where it became like a friend where I was playing it constantly 24-7 and I was getting emotional and kind of like mentally kind of anxiety from it. That's because I was too wrapped up into it. The problem is this is why it's best for kids to take a step back and then come back to it. You have to take breaks. You know, the Wii made you fucking take breaks. There was like, hey. Maybe you should go outside. It's been six hours. And you're like, what? Okay. But it's the concept of we need to find stress relievers in everyday life. Like, I hate that people do not like it when they hear a curse word because they think that you're angry. It does not mean you're angry. No. If more people curse nowadays, it would be such a benefit because it's a minor stress relief. You're, you, you don't understand the amount of stress that you consume on a daily basis that you aren't even completely aware of. It's literally like fractured and cracks in the pavement you know you keep putting a band-aid over that it's not fixing the crack it's just postponing a problem that's going to hit you later down in life well you can keep pushing that 
problem farther and farther down the road, it's going to hit a time when another problem is supposed to arise, and then you're getting hit by both of them. And that's when people become overwhelmed because they set their life up now to the point where keep pushing it down. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Well, now you're fucking 80 years old and you don't have later. Look, everybody, you're dead. You're dead on. Do you think I want to fucking get on the treadmill four times a week? Fuck no, I don't. But you know what? I motivate myself to get on it. And sometimes I fucking kick my own ass to get on it. And I'm like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. But after five minutes, I'm like, man, I'm glad I fucking did this. Yeah. Right? And, and I'm, I'm like a believer in that. I'm a huge believer in self-motivation. Um, you and only you. And yeah, you can have people support you and try to motivate. But you're going to be the only one to get your ass on that treadmill every day right? You have to make the decision. You have to start it. Well, I'll use an example for myself. I've worked out every single day and have not missed a day for seven years now. Now today, the reason why I say I'm not free until after 6 p.m. I'm at the gym when I get off of work. I was, I stopped a podcast last night at midnight, fell asleep for two hours and did another podcast at two o'clock in the morning, all the way until when I went into work. So I have only, I'm on two hours of sleep right now. I went to the gym. I burned 1600 calories because I ate four French fries. Now I have, <laughs> I have, I have something in my head that brings me to the point where I, I, the gym is a stress relief. Okay. When I grab that weight, there's no better feeling in my hand than that. But then when I have my cardio days, because I realize I do need one rest day, but my rest day is still a cardio day. It's an ab workout type day, you know, but I have this affliction inside me that I'm aware of. And this is also a way of helping me deal with stress. I realize it brings me to a more critical seeing of thinking. Like all day I was stressed out today. All day I was like, oh my God, like I'm just so, you know, when you're so tired to the point where someone says anything to you, it just pisses you off immediately. I know exactly. Okay. Then <laughs> when I went to the gym and then after I got off the treadmill, I was like, I can fucking talk now. I can rationalize now. I was walking in the store, some dude cut right in front of me and I was just like, whatever man like i'm only hungry as hell right now i got a bag of grapes in my cart i'm gonna sit here and eat every single damn grape until <laughs> i get to pay for it so let's make the weight a little bit less and you know it's the concept of if people found something that creates this dopamine not in the way of the phone where it creates that weird stimuli it's like artificial it's like getting artificial sweetener in your drink it's not real you know you're getting that fake sugar in a diet drink it's you need that real stimulus, that real actually releasing effect. After you work out, your cortisol levels rise. That's when your body starts to basically, so many recovery and recuperation methods start happening. It starts going into this process of recovery that like you need when you sleep, like when you sleep a good eight hours and you wake up and you feel completely rested, people need that. We need that recovery, but throughout the day, we're not dealing with that recovery at night we're just dealing with the constant stress exactly which that eight hours of sleep my friend i only get on saturday and sunday because through the week like i was saying so basically here here's my schedule everybody and every every time i tell people this they they think i'm fucking crazy um so my full-time job is 7 30 a.m to 4 30 p.m and sometimes i work a little bit over sometimes i'll clock in a little bit early and then i go to my second job which first it was 5.30, but then, so basically, um, well, I guess I, I work at FedEx Ground is my second job. 
And my schedule there was 5.30 to like 10, 30, 11. But then they made me a POC after I've been there a month and a half. And all a POC is is a point of contact. However, I have a walkie-talkie. I am in charge of the area I'm in now. Like I have people under me. And I'm in charge. So like I have to be there at 5.15. So basically, yeah, I get my lunch during the day. And then between 4.30 and 4.50, because I have to leave like at 4.50, I have to eat, get changed. It's a glorified break, drive the FedEx, and I clock in at 5.10, get my area ready, start working at 5.30. And like last night, dude, I didn't clock out to almost 11 o'clock. And I do that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. (laughs) 7.30 a.m. to almost 11 p.m. at night. That's my schedule. So, and then I, I come home, I can't go to sleep right away. I got a snack. I'm hungry. I got a snack on something. I got to catch up on some fucking TV shows because I fucking watched way too many. Uh, and then I usually go to sleep, man, past midnight. And I'm fucking, I got to get up at fucking, what? Uh, I get up like at 5.45 or something. So that's what I'm saying. I'm getting like five hours of sleep all throughout the week. So... Yeah, man, it's crazy, and I, that's how I operate every you're talking, week. You're talking to a fellow insomniac, man. I mean, if I don't go to bed at, like, as soon as I get home or if I do something, like, if I, you know, if I'm in a podcast and I end up getting, you know, it, I only get two hours sleep. I wake up at 2.30 a.m., and then I can, get, I can go back to sleep if I force myself, but I wake up at 5 a.m., even though I don't go into work until, like, 7 or something, and I'm sitting there just kind of waiting for that, like, just ever – even on my days off, man, people sleep all day. It's like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I I honestly, I'll sleep when I'm dead because there's, there's, there's no, there's too much shit I want to do. There's too much stuff out there for me to do. Like where people just go home and be comfortable all the time and just go right to bed, have a relaxation day. Like that's not in my cards just because it's an inability for me. And I'm jealous of those people that can do that. But at the concept of, People choose to be comfortable and live this bland life, just go home and absorb nothing all day. And then there's people like you that are, that are, have to go out and do something and would love more than just to sit at home and just catch up on some sleep, more than just to love to play acoustic guitar, more than just find something they want to be doing, but they feel like they're forced to work two jobs because now two jobs is what you need to survive. You know, a, a college diploma just having that on your record used to get you so much. Used to get you a job immediately. You know what I said? You know what happened when I got my associate's degree? You know what they told me? I need a bachelor's. Okay. And then you need a master's, right? <laughs> then when I get a bachelor's, it's going to be a master's. Then when I need a master's, I need a PhD. I'm, well, shit, you're going to keep moving the lines. I might as well just start playing, you know, Fortnite and make millions of dollars. Like it just, you're pushing the barrier ever so far where you're literally creating this never ending system of where you're never going to accomplish anything. You're making life too damn hard. We make, as people, we make life too damn hard when it's pretty damn simple. I mean, it's, when it comes down to the basis of it, humans, our connectivity, the way we've taken society today, that's not talking about America. That's talking about everywhere. We make things way more complicated because we don't know how to problem solve anymore. Absolutely. I, I mean, nobody knows how to. Once again, it's the e- easy, easy way out, easy way out, easy way out, easy way out, right? Everybody just takes the easy way out. Uh, the, right, I don't know if you remember the commercial, the big red easy button. Yeah. Right. I mean, hell I do. Hey, I do it sometimes, but like, 
right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'll hit the easy button on several occasions, but um, yeah, man, just that's, <laughs> I mean, that's just like what's wrong with society is <laughs> what sucks is when I say it, people look at me like you're 20 years old. Like, I don't under, I don't think you know what that means. I'm like, I've understood so many people. I've done hundreds of these podcasts and each unique individual that's been on. And I can remember every episode they were on their story. They told me it's about understanding and learning through experiences. I think knowledge is all based in experience. And I'm going to tell you this, man, and I've heard several people say this, so this is, sounds like a broken record, but bravo, my friend, because, yeah, being 21 years old and having this outlook on life and on wanting to learn about other people and different people. Now, I listened to on your podcast with the two of the fucking teacher, which was great, but he was giving you shit telling you that, hey, man, if you think that is a stupid idea, why would you even listen to it? No, man, that, that's not the point. That's See, not you know, what it's about. I chalk up to what he was saying because he does do a debate podcast. So he was kind of trying to bait in the little debate side of me. But the problem is I'm looking at – I'm so open-minded to the point where I don't really get into debates. Like you saw in, if you listen to the full podcast, you heard in it yeah. – um, I, I was like, wait a minute, you're coming from a private school background than a public school background. And I was like, oh, we're completely on two different train of thoughts. That makes sense why kids, you know, you wouldn't say kids would get free lunch because they're already paying so much to get into school. Half the kids already have maybe a fucking private jet or a butler pick them up. <laughs> fucking uh, 20000 in, in tuition? Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes 100% sense. Where I was trying to see, like, that's what we, we need to do as people now. We need to look at everyone's perspective. What, we all need to get on the same damn brain frequency here. We're, we're too busy like, no, I'm right. You're wrong. No, 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 no. I get into arguments all the time where I know I'm right, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm seeing where you're seeing it, but you're not, you're missing the whole aspect of it. And I try and rationalize, like, I know when I'm at fault and I will admit to when I'm at fault. And I want people to call me out when I am at fault because I want to learn from my mistakes. I want to understand if I'm not open to anything, then I'm truly closing myself off from the most powerful thing. And that's just knowledge in general. Yeah. Uh, going back to like private school, public school, and I can vouch for this, right? So I grew up, it was funny. Um, I'm actually an East coast guy. So I actually grew up in Massachusetts. I was born and raised in Springfield, Mass. I get tons of shit. I live in Indiana now and I'm a, obviously, man, I'm a, I'm a hardcore Patriots fan, Celtics fan, all that stuff. So it is kind of fun living in Indiana and being like a Patriot fan and a Celtics fan. I will say that, <laughs> but, uh, going back to me growing up, um, I went to Catholic school, uh, K to seventh grade. So I was in that sheltered and look, man, you know, sorry, you know, if everybody's in a private school, it's a sheltered life because you talk about living with diversity and being like one of the only white guys, like at your job and this and that look, the, the, I lived in a small town outside of Springfield mass called Indian orchard. All right. This little town had like, um, Chinese, Chinese people, Portuguese, Puerto Ricans, uh, you know, African-Americans. Uh, what it had very, 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 very little of was Caucasians in it, okay? And, you know, I really didn't think anything of it, right? You know, because I'm just, I'm just a young kid. I go to a private school where, yeah, it's all like white people. One Puerto Rican in the class, maybe one um, black person in the class. That's now, it. 
did you find yourself interested in wondering more about that person? Or did you find yourself closed off because they were different? No, because, well, no. I mean, honestly, we were just like, because you, we were in the same group of kids year after year after year. So we were all, we all knew each other, all talked to each other. We were all friends. And honestly, back then, yeah, we, yeah, the race thing and this and that. No, we didn't care. Corey was Corey. Steven Rodriguez was Steve. So I still remember their names. Steven Rodriguez was Steven Rodriguez. It wasn't, oh, Steven Rodriguez, the Puerto Rican kid. Like, no. If I get a message from Steven Rodriguez going, hey, he talked about me in the podcast. I got some things to say. I'm like, oh, shit. But these are like my childhood friends, right? Okay, so the point I'm getting at is I went to a Catholic school because um, I grew up Catholic. I'm, it's funny, man, because I'm not even uh, religious anymore. But uh, that's a whole <laughs> – yeah, you can bring me back on. and we can talk. You say it with the hand motions. That's what I hate. It's just so stigmatized nowadays. I'm like, first of all, if you look at any religion, with so much immigration that's going on here, it's the reason why I believe a lot of Christians and Catholic people are pro-Trump is he's trying to keep immigration out because now Christianity and being Catholic is not the dominant religions anymore. You know, you're Muslim. You're seeing all these other things pop up, and now it's like – there you're seeing the part where religion was the strongest thing the government could not test one of two things one was when the people got together they could not but they learned to break them down and diverge their attention and bring the people to singular things rather than keeping them as a whole but united we stand against the government the government couldn't stand a chance but the problem is the one thing they could never ever 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 question was religion religion was too damn powerful Nowadays, religion is like at its point today, it's at its weakest spot on the concept of now the government's like, hey, you know, why the fuck is the Vatican its own country? Why is this? This is a problem we need to fix. I give strides to the Pope who took out the Pope mobile and took out the throne and took out the giant hat. You know, he didn't want that stuff because he realized it's creating an inter interconnected relationship where you need to be connected. You need to not have this disconnect from these people. You don't want to put yourself on a throne. You want to make them feel they're on the same level. If you start talking down to me, I, you're, I'm not going to respect you. You need to talk to me like I'm your equal, like I'm just another person, like another image of yourself. Yeah. And, and the Catholic, and like I said, I grew up Catholic and it's, it's really, really uh, strange. And like I said, the, obviously the older I got and the more I learned about it, um, right. They'll kick you out of the church for this reason, or they're excommunicate you for this reason. And, um, some people say they worship Mary more than God or G I've, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard it all. And, and like, right. I mean, I had to take religion class. I know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like, I know all that shit. Like I was, I didn't know any better. And that was the one things I, I did with my kids. I didn't push religion on them. Like I got it pushed onto me. I went to a Catholic school. I was an altar boy, right? I, I didn't know any better. So when I finally was able to make my own opinion, about religion when I became a teenager, which, you know, that's when I basically, I mean, if you want to go down this rabbit hole where I kind of disconnected with my parents, um, just quick backstory with that. I'm a middle child. And so I have an older brother who's two years older than me. And I have a younger brother who's 10 years younger, younger than me. So when my younger brother, and look, I know the sappy middle child story, but when my younger brother was born, I was what, nine going on 10? Uh, my brother was born and that was it for me. Like that was it. My parents' attention obviously went to my younger brother, baby. And then 
the attention went to my older brother who was, was getting in trouble or this and that. And then I was kind of just like in like, you're in a Malcolm in the middle scenario. Yeah. And, and I shit you not, and I'm not fucking pulling your fucking chain and this and that. I totally have the middle child syndrome over here. I was left alone from 10 years old on pretty much. I had no, you know, I, I gave a speech to my son today, you know, just about getting a job or, you know, Hey man, you know, get your driver's license. Cause he doesn't have his license yet or have a job yet. Um, he's not as headstrong as my daughter, man, my daughter, she had a license right away, had a job at 15 headstrong out there in the world. You know, that's, that's her personality, not so much his personality. So, you know, and you know, I told them, you know, he's like, uh, but you know, you know, giving me the same old, same old. And I said, look, man, I said, my dad never came to me and gave me a talk about, Hey, what are you doing with your life? You know, why don't you try to motivate yourself a little bit more? Um, and you know, just, you know, you know, get some motivation, some ambition behind you, you know, go get, go get a job pay for your own. I told him this year, I'm not paying for your fucking video games. Fucking straight up to every goddamn year, man. I buy, I buy his call of duty. I buy his NBA 2k, I buy his fucking Madden game on PlayStation. Not this year, buddy. You're 16 years old. Fuck man. Go get a job. Yeah. You, you earn it because you know what? It feels so much better so when much you better. earn your money and you go to fucking GameStop or Walmart, where fuck you buy your video games and you, and you lay down that fucking $60 and he hands it to you. And the guy looks at you and says, why are you looking like that? I fucking bought this game. Motherfucker. I'm entitled. Wait, if you're 16 years old and you're buying a video game, you have to have some parents consent in there because most games are ages 18. <laughs> no, yeah. but yeah, but like for me, like I save every single dime that I own. You know, the biggest expense I've spent in the past, I think, two years besides stuff that goes into my car is this podcast equipment, 150 something dollars. And it's been the best thing. And I'm using the shit out of it to the point where it was like, it was definitely a good buy. But it was the concept of I save all my money because it's a safety net. You never know when you're going to need it. I lost a grand in a matter of four days just because of nails and tires. Like, uh -huh. I remember <laughs> it's not fucking, it's not fun. It's, I mean, th those types of things, but it was awesome knowing that that was there. I'm more than willing to shovel out 600 bucks to get somebody's car fixed in my family. But I, I when it comes to buying a $5 t-shirt for myself, I don't care. I don't want to do that because I don't see it because I rather save my money. I think nowadays kids want to buy the newest trendy thing, newest thing. Now I'm like, fuck it, dude. The new trendy shirt is going to five below buying a superhero t-shirt. I have a Punisher t-shirt that I wear. Like what the hell? It's cool to be a nerd. Now we live in a time where back in the day, nerds were seen as people you didn't want to associate with because you'll get beat up or get wedgied. Now it's like, everybody's <laughs> a nerd. Everybody just doesn't care. Everybody has a fascination with superheroes. Fucking wore my fucking star Wars shirt. Right. You know? Yeah. I told you dude, like back in the eighties or early nineties, fucking nerd. It's like, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you've seen those uh revenge nerds. nerds like yeah man like like you're you were a fucking nerd if you wore a fucking rush t-shirt or you wore a fucking star wars t-shirt or whatever and now it's cool to wear a star wars t-shirt now you're more socially accepted like if you if you like if you like spider-man or you like super I like i said i'm i'm uh it's funny man i love marvel um, but my favorite superhero is actually Superman. It's, I'm a DC guy. Um, and then the most movies like, yeah, dude, they don't hold a candle to the Marvel movies, but, but 
yeah, dude, you, you were like, oh, you, you, you like comic books? Nerd. Oh, you, you know, yeah, you like Star Nerd. You got Star Trek? Nerd. Nerd is the Like, wait a minute. Like, I said this, um, you know, to my brother, right? Because he has a, he's got a pop channel, on, a successful pop YouTube channel. And, you know, and this and that. And I was just like, how come, and this might be unpopular, and I apologize. And once again, I'm unfiltered, man. I just fucking talk. So, that's and I think you noticed, this dude, podcast. my, uh, my uh, talking like zigzags. <laughs> so Let's so, go. Like I told so. you, at the, what did I tell you at the beginning? What did I tell you at the beginning? Before we started recording, I said, what can you do with this podcast? Oh, anything. Talk, anything. Oh, I can drive it if I want yeah, to. You can drive so, it. So, yeah. So, let me talk about this really quickly. Um, you know, all these fucking vinyl pop figures, right? Which is fine. Yeah, man, look, like, I, I got a ton of them, and I don't have a ton, ton of them, but I got a ton of them in the background. Uh, you know, and I collect some Star Wars. Uh, oh, you're going to show me your fucking pop figures. Oh, you take them out of the box. Of course, I'm a star. I'm a hardcore Star Wars guy, so I can't take anything out of the box. I have to take it out of the box because <laughs> I have I have an opening present gift. Like, on Christmas Day, you have to stop me from opening up other people's gifts. I will ask <laughs> you to let me open it up. It's like opening up a Yu-Gi-Oh card pack or something. You immediately need to know what's inside. Then afterwards, you're like, damn, I should have made that last a hell of a lot longer. Absolutely. Okay, but to these fucking Funko Pops, look, these things have been around for a while, and just toy collecting has been around for a while, and here's my beef with it. If you can say, I mean, I really don't have, like, beef, but this is kind of my beef with it. I've been collecting toys for, like, fucking 20 years, and I got shit on. You collect Star Wars toys? Oh, you, you, you don't take them out of the box? Uh, that's for kids. Collecting toys is childish. You're immature. You're... Oh, but now all of a sudden, Funko Pops are like the shit right now. And it's an, it's an explosion. Dude, I fucking went to Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble just to get the uh, Star Wars magazine, the new uh, Vanity Fair magazine that had Kylo and Rey on the cover. And they had them. Half the fucking store is Funko Pops and not fucking books anymore. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like... Okay, so the, the Funko Pop revolution is going on, and now it's cool to collect toys. Hey, my friend, that is just like my fucking Star Wars toys. That's a piece of fucking plastic in a fucking package that I was collecting 20 years ago that you said I was fucking not cool, and I was a fucking nerd. But now, man, oh, you collect, collect plastic toys? Oh, you, you open them? You don't open them? Hey, pound it, pound it, bro. Pound it, bro. Yeah, man, we're cool. It's yeah, all man. about what's trending. The fact that if you hold a wine glass like in between your your, oh, your middle fingers, yeah. you, people go, "That's so pretentious of you." The fact that people, someone could say something like, "You have all those Funkos on the wall. What are you a nerd?" I'm like, "What do you have on your wall? You have a bunch of books. What are you smart? Like, what what are we saying here? What are we doing? It's the same shit. It's you, your interests are what you're interested in. I never understand why people keep things on display." In their house for looks if you don't use it it's just taking up fucking space you're displaying a fake image to people that walk into your home you know you want you gotta wear it on your sleeve man you got to we don't do it anymore you mean like this room dude this room is me right this like it's awesome because i can work in here and i'm surrounded by star wars posters toys autographed that it's stuff i got autographed at past conventions um Dude, this is like, a, it's almost like a safe haven for me, man. I do my podcast in here. I work in here. It's your man cave. 
it, it is. It is. And I share it with like my animal. Real quickly, um, animal lover over here. I have three dogs. I have a German Shepherd, a full-blooded Siberian Husky, and a Siberian Husky mix. And then I also have five cats. So it's a fucking zoo uh, over here at the Ferrando house. <laughs> Party at the Ferrandos. See, I, I love it when people talk about animals on the concept of it's a way to connect with something that never truly judges you. You know, cats don't really give a shit if you're there or not, to be honest with you. I mean, sometimes they really kind of connect with whoa, you. Whoa, 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 my friend. Look, let me tell you the difference between – because, right, I got five cats and I got three dogs. Cats, you got to earn their that, fucking – Yeah, that's true. You to earn it. They're, oh, no, no. They're fucking bastards. You have to earn their fucking respect. Well, that's because – dog, you can fucking treat a dog like fucking shit, and they'll fucking come up to you and lick you in the face. Yeah, see, the problem is that where they diverge, where they came from, a, a, a like an ancestor, you know, the cats, you know, they were used in Egyptian times, Egyptians, to guard, yep. like spirits and these types of things, like sarcophaguses and stuff, you know, they were buried next to a, like a statue of, or a burial of a cat, because they were known as the guardians of the, the hell, basically, like Cerberus, the three-headed dog. And that's why, like, cats need a level of respect they need a level of treatment you know they but they understand like they can they can go without you you know you can have you, there's so many street cats just on the concept of they don't really they can survive on their own a dog can't fucking survive on its own a dog needs food a dog needs love a dog needs something that's why they greet you at the door because they're reliant on you a cat does not need to be reliant on you that's why you have to earn its respect yeah my cats don't fucking greet me at the door when i come home all three of my dogs do so yeah. there you go <laughs> the, cat, the cat fucking walks out of the bedroom like, oh, shit, you're here? Well, I'm going to come over to you, and you you can pet me, okay? You can pet me. You know, <laughs> I remember I have my grandmom who listens to my podcast. She, uh, you know, I, I learned something about her on the concept of I didn't know she was lesbian. I didn't know for 20-something years, and I just found out like two years ago. And I'm not – nothing saying there's anything wrong with lesbians. I was just like I wish someone would have fucking told me. And I tell this story. I was like, I used to go over there. She's more like the, my dad's mom. So she's at uh, Baltimore for like, I would just go over there two weeks out of the summer. And I just completely ignored the fact. Like I'd be playing video games. There'd be her and then there'd be her, you know, her lover, whatever. Beside her, short hair, belt, all these types of manly type things. I never even glossed over the concept of the fact. And I looked at inside of myself. I'm like, because – it wasn't a thing. It d didn't need to be prioritized. It didn't need to be focused on. It's, uh, that was just a thing. It was, it was just there. You know, I never even questioned it once. And I found out later in life, I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. And um, I, I tell people, I was like, when they talk about transgender people, when they talk about all this type of stuff, I'm like, why do you involve yourself with it? Why do you give a shit? Why is it bothering you that bad? Are you just unquestioned? You just you're afraid of the unknown? Well, that's the best part about the unknown. That's why mystery is so fucking awesome. That's why people want to find Bigfoot. That's why people want to know these types of things. Is because we want a mystery, but you're afraid of the unknown. How ironic is that? Oh, Bigfoot's out there, my friend. I believe it. I mean, <laughs> I think, I've heard you talk about it. I, I honestly think he's like the guardian of the forest. Like he's going to come out in yogi robes with like a giant staff and be like, just litter. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, the fucking trash cans over there. I'm like, yeah, well, it's so much easier just to throw it right here. Beats you Bigfoot. over the head with a tree. <laughs> Bigfoot, locked its monster. Um, yeah, the Yeti. And yeah. uh, old Greg. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen that show, The Mighty Bush, but uh, 
there's a sea creature called Old Greg. Well, you know, there's Sam Elliott killed Hitler and found Bigfoot. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't know if you what listen to What movie are you talking about? Okay. All right. So I have a fascination with Sam Elliott, mostly like the ranch. He's really good on that. But like the Silverado truck commercials. Okay. Now, if I was going to recommend you to a couple of my episodes, listen to my Christmas Day podcast. That's with my long lost cousin who's 35. He's actually living with us for the summer. And um, he met, he used to be babysitted by Sam Elliott. Yeah, 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 yeah. Babysitted by Sam Elliott. And I was like, you met fucking Sam Elliott? He's like, yeah, he used to watch me all the time as a kid. I was like, don't you fucking walk away from me when you say that. What do you mean? <laughs> We're babysitted by Sam Elliott. He goes, Robbie, they're all people. And it just walks away. I'm like, you met fucking Sam Elliott, the guy that does the Silverado truck. Like that, <laughs> that's he goes, awesome. He gives me the answer. Oh yeah, I also saw Ric Flair in an airport. I was like, no! exactly. You have a man that has a sound that is linked to his face, and like we're glossing over this. He goes, Robbie, what you need to realize is we invest ourselves into people, and people are just people. Doesn't matter. Really quickly, I not to interrupt you, but come on, everybody out there, who doesn't love? If you're a wrestling fan, who doesn't love? Ric Flair goes off the ropes and just fucking nosedives face first into the fucking mat. Come on, man. My favorite, uh, (laughs) you you hear about Hulk Hogan. So apparently he's like, he lost four inches of height from his finisher that he used to do, or he used to leg drop, man. Yeah, dude, his back, dude, his body's fucking jacked. Yeah. Those wrestlers, they went through toll. Like a lot of people chalk up like wrestling. Isn't it all fake? I'm like, it is fake, but see, it's just a staged act. But the way they fall and the way they do this, if they don't do something or land right, like I don't know if you've ever done Brazilian jiu-jitsu or type of MMA fighting, but when they fall and they slap the mat, it's throwing all that force that was coming in you, that inertia, and it's helping it concentrate it into the ground. So when you see somebody fall and slam the mat really hard, like with their hands, that's just uh, taking the energy from their body and putting it into the floor. Uh, fucking A. I mean, WWE, whatever, um, you know, all the wrestling out there. I mean, these are glorified stunt uh, women and men. And when they hit that mat, they train themselves to hit it a certain way that doesn't, you know – fuck their body up but you you're still hitting your fucking back onto a fucking hard surface and i've been to like look i'm a huge wwe guy um i grew up obviously right i grew up in the 80s i was part of the hulkamania thing um i watched wrestlemania one two on close circuit if anybody out there knows what close circuit is uh i applaud you um that's what's funny you know it's funny it's like i i uh when i first got introduced to star wars I got introduced to Star Wars on Betamax. Do you even know what Betamax is? I do know what Betamax is. Oh, I'm very. I'm not, I'm not that new generation, sir. I'm very, very impressed. Dude, nobody knows. I go, yeah, the, the very first time I experienced Star Wars was on Betamax. I was like, Betamax? I'm like, yeah, Betamax was before VHS. <laughs> They're like, okay. So. You know what's crazy is the concept of that blockbuster. Like you were talking about Barnes and Noble earlier, having just nothing but Funko Pops and not really having books anymore. You find it weird that blockbuster, like that got taken down, these movie rental places, and now it's like you can just order it on TV or something like when demand became a HBO. Yeah. Like all that. I don't buy thing. I don't buy physical copies anymore. Now I will buy a Star Wars physical copy, anything, just so I have the art. Yeah. Yeah. 
but um you know the anything one- else i digitally download yeah i mean i'm part i am i'm part of it too dude i i pay for spotify right i don't i don't buy physical yeah n- nobody buys physical music that's why it kills me like you know i went to walmart today you know do some shopping and like yeah dude they got like the big five dollar dvd who in the fuck buys dvds i mean who uh, so i guess i mean depends if it's a really good movie i will buy the dvd when you can digitally download it probably for five bucks I on my playstation or on it. something else. i'm not saying i watch it illegally on my phone but i'm not <laughs> oh, all right all right all right all right if it's a good right. movie i will go and pay for the actual thing but the problem is now technology has gotten to the point where now everything gets viewed on what's trending you know nobody buys an album anymore nobody no. buys these types of things they just download it off spotify or do something like this so now they have to look at how many views it got on this certain social media site that's how they look at records and that's how they do the grammys now that is ridiculous. It's fucked up. It's honestly fucked up, especially coming from someone who's actually right been in bands for a really long time where, yeah, when I first got into, when I first started my band when I was a teenager, yeah, man, you had to, you know, go book studio time and make a, you know, go in there and record like four or five songs. And dude, I had to like bring my CDs and bring your stuff to your shows. You had to, dude, I didn't have social media to plug, right? You like you had to physically, dude. I had to make. I have them. <laughs> I'm like, I'm. I'm not stupid because I keep a lot of shit. I have all of like my band flyers, like uh, the band I was in when I was a teenager, that we physically made. Went to fucking Kinkos, uh, made copies, and then we brought them to a Karma, brought them to record stores, posted them up, and fucking passed them out, dude. Right? Like I didn't have fucking Instagram or Facebook or anything to say hey man come to my show on fucking friday night come see my band i had to go out there and fucking earn it man and use the elbow grease to fucking earn to get people to come to to come to a show yeah you need that drive i think a lot of people like i get i mean i, I see it on my facebook every time i post up an episode boost your post for 31 oh, yeah, Fuck, i'm good i'm good yeah. i'm good I have so many people say, how do I get it out there? How are they going to do this thing? I'm like, it fucking spreads word of mouth. It's all I care about. Every guest I've gotten, if I haven't reached out through Instagram, whatever, it's just fucking, it's, it's other people telling other people, I got this person for you. I got this guy that would be great for you. I'm like, everybody's great for me. I get messages all the time. How many views do you get? And then someone will send me a list of credentials. I always get that. And I'm like, dude, I've had a kid from Reddit that's just out of high school. He's doing nothing unemployed. Feels like his life was complete crap. Came on here and he was like, I don't have a lot going on for me, but I got a little bit of knowledge when it comes to games. I'm like, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? What do you want to go? And then afterwards we talked for two hours. You know, it's Bigfoot was fucking brought up, but at the same time, it's like we got, thoughts experiences these stories to share these inspirations that get us hooked to something where we want to either emotionally invest all our time into it fucking do it do it and and you bring up a good point look man i'm 41 i started a podcast at 41 years old right because i was just like look i'm in star wars i like star wars and i was just like why don't i do a podcast dude i know nothing about podcasting i know nothing about editing i know nothing about nothing and i was just like you know what I'm going to do it, dude. And when you talk about being uncomfortable and I, you know, I listened to like the first, you know, the first few I put out and just, Oh fuck. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. But you know what? 
I'm not taking them down. That's that, you know, they're there. That's, you know, you can see it grow and you can see me getting better talking and uh, doing a podcast and, and you're never too young, too old to learn anything new. And like you said, your message is you got to keep expanding. You got to keep trying stuff out. You know, even if you, even if you try it and you fail, you tried it. You know, and you learn a lot from failing too and from stuff going wrong. Look, man, three weeks ago, I recorded two hours, two hours of audio with my brother. You know what fucking Mike Lando Ferrando did over here? Because I, I record the podcast at my work station and I have a work headset and I have a, I have a work headset that has a mic and I have my fucking nice blue Yeti mic here that I do for podcasting. And... I didn't switch the mic to the Blue Yeti. It was on my work mic that's sitting here on a shelf and my audio was shit and you couldn't, you could barely hear it. So guess what I had to do? I had to scrap two hours of audio and what did I do? I recorded a solo podcast because I couldn't get, I couldn't get my brother to come back on. He's real limited with time. Also like me, I recorded like an hour and 10 minutes of audio and actually, I, I loved it because I literally only edited out six minutes. That's it. And I just posted it. You know, I added music and stuff that I usually do. And I released it. And it was the very first time I ever did a podcast. By my, I was scared to death. Look, everybody, 41. I was scared to death three weeks ago to do a solo podcast. I don't have anybody to feed off of or to talk to or to bounce stuff off of. It's just me, me and the mic trying to talk and be entertaining and and you know what I did it to be honest with you man I felt great I was just like that wasn't so bad I worked myself up that's what I'm telling you out there like man I I have the same flaws as everybody else like I was anxious I was putting myself down I was just like I don't know if I can do this but man I for I did it I forced myself to do it motivated myself to do it and I did it and I was like that wasn't so bad and then people are giving me feedback going Hey, Mike, that solo episode, you need to do more like that. Really? Awesome. Okay, I, I will. But awesome. Because I wasn't sure how that was going to come across or because people are used to a certain platform or, you know, or a certain, you know, thing with our podcast. But like, but I don't like having the same, the same feel to the setting. podcast. You don't want to be structured. You don't want to feel like you can't veer off and yeah, have a random tangent if you want and to up. The podcast is structured to a certain extent now, which is fine. But my my younger brother, God love him, man. He's really over the top. He's super out there. And it makes for good banter between us. But I don't want that every single week, that high energy craziness. That's why like, I bring other people on the podcast. I bring other Star Wars fans on the podcast that I've actually met through, you know, met through various channels and stuff. And those are more like toned down, straightforward podcasts where I go, man, this is nice to do something that's just different and more straightforward and down to earth. And look, man, my po- our podcast, man, it, it is, it's, it's over the top. It's meant to be over the top. It's meant to be entertaining. It's meant to be fun and bring I was telling you, bring some positivity back to the Star Wars world where we have fun with Star Wars. Because look, man, there is a million Star Wars podcasts out there. 
So before I started the podcast, I, I, and I do, and I mentioned this on my podcast. I have a, no, I have a notebook just right here, man. Just notebook. I jot ideas down. I jot topics down. I, I, some of the best material I think of, I think of it on the fucking treadmill, which is crazy. And I'll fucking run in here and just jot shit down. Um, and you know, it, 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 fuck man, I do segments on my podcast. I have a segment called Dick Time with Lando where I do Star Wars character versus Star Wars character who has the bigger dick. And it's just a fun, stupid segment. But guess what? There ain't no other fucking Star Wars podcast out there that does something like that. I do it. So once again, going back to the beginning, I was really trying to think of what kind of a podcast do I want to be, especially in the Star Wars realm. Um, and there's so many podcasts that are, they're just super straightforward. They talk about Star Wars. They talk about the latest news. That's not my pod. You're not coming to my podcast to listen to the latest news. Sometimes we'll talk about the latest news because they dropped like the trailer, the D23 stuff. And I talked about all that stuff, but normally it is just me having fun thinking of crazy things like the Wampa monster in the cave. What if he was like, what if he was just a Wampa monster who was trying to get food for his Wampa child? And he got Luke Skywalker in there. And he was going to cook. See, this is the shit I think of. And I then did, I talked I about that, on the podcast. I did that. Me and my buddy did. Um, we used to, I used to do another podcast called fill in the blank. And we used to focus on specific topics. And we had one called uh, boogeyman. And we were talking about like, imagine the boogeyman is just living in your closet and like you're masturbating and doing all these things, exploring. And he just comes out of the closet like, look, dude, I fucking live here too. You've done it 17 times. Give it a rest. And like <laughs> my buddy's like, yeah, he could just be, you know, he's not, parents say that he's trying to scare you if you don't act a certain way. Because maybe he's just trying to teach you the bird and the beads. Like he just sits you down and he's like, hey, man. Like you're going through some stuff. I live here too. Let's just figure out how we can work around each other. Like maybe when I'm asleep or maybe I can just leave the house for a little bit. And <laughs> you know, get freaky in the sheets. But it was that way of like connectivity and creating your own. Like that's what I love about podcasting in general. Like, especially like for you, like being able to find your own way. Like, first of all, if you're measuring dick sizes about any Star Wars character, you got to understand that I'm pretty sure Yoda probably has the largest. <laughs> um, anybody that mystical is definitely packing a hammer and a half but i think it's it's the concept of you you make it your creative in your own it's, it's about turning something you know adding your spice to the mix much like a musician that goes on the stage when you see a bunch of guys performing at once everybody's adding their own spice to the mix you know you you have, you have to choose if you're going to let that affect the audience you know with this meal they're consuming which is your art it's your creativity it's got to come out somewhere. And sadly, in the world today, it doesn't come out anywhere. You know, I would love to be a, a guest on your podcast. And you could unravel the world of Star Wars that I know nothing about. Because honestly, I'm an amateur when it comes to even understanding the world to it. But it's, it's, it's the possibilities. I would like to know more about everything, every constant thing. I didn't dive into the world of parody religions. I remember when um, I said, have you listened to any episodes? You're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm down to vibe. And then like, you sent me a thumbs up. And most people say that and they listen to a minute. You thoroughly listen through to them. And I can tell. And you're like, yeah, I love the ordained minister, Church of Bacon. Church I was of like, Bacon. I was like, where the, like, I can't go back and pinpoint a specific <laughs> thing I ever say in any of my podcasts. Are you I shitting tell, me? I tell people it's lost in the fucking ether. 
it's lost in the yeah it's it's tough man like and obviously man i've listened to a lot and some of it is a lot is real fresh but yeah man like you've talked about fucking dude the area 51 if everybody fucking rushed to area 51 would they fucking bomb everybody i mean yeah i mean what the fuck like you talk about shit dude you 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 know who fucking magic johnson was for fuck's sake dude oh my god this is a big thing that works still i'm still fucked up about it michael jordan has aids no he doesn't no yes he does i've lived 21 years thinking this i'm not changing it i said it to my dad again the other day i was like are you sure i've done a little bit of research and i think we might be mistaken here because no robbie this is very insensitive but this was the joke going around my school i right because this is around like 1990 so I, i don't remember what grade i was in but here was the joke what do you call magic johnson in a wheelchair roll aids (laughs) <laughs> so, right, yeah, see, I look, <laughs> look, so I mean, that was the joy to say, because I went through, dude, like 80s child here, dude, I watched Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, dude, I got to watch Michael Jordan play basketball. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because the fact that you remember that from the podcast, that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, that's the thing, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing, like, uh, I wouldn't want to come on the podcast unless like I knew you a little. That's why I said it's funny because right before you probably hit the record button, I was just like, yeah, man, I feel like I know you a little bit because I've listened to so many of your episodes and I do feel like I know you a little bit. And I know, obviously I don't like know you know you, but like I do know what you're trying to do and I kind of know your personality from listening to you. And you can tell, dude, you don't come across like a fucking fake person. Like you come across like, like legit. And like, you really care about like what everybody says, if you agree or you disagree. And that's what's best. And that's what's wrong in the world today is people don't listen and people don't want to listen if it's not like their opinion. Right. And they can't, and they don't want to hear the other side. And you can say that about religion, politics, Star Wars, Star Trek, video, anything. People don't want to hear the other sides of the coin. And if you can stop, take some deep breaths, and actually listen to people, you don't have to agree with what they're saying, but you got to respect it because they're passionate about it. Everybody's passionate about different things. I'm passionate about Star Wars. I'm passionate, you know, I'm passionate about things. And right, like the way I talk about Star Wars, like, yeah, and you're just like, man. I really don't know two fucks about it, but like, but you're just like, man, it's really cool. Like you feel that passionately about it. Like we need more people like that, that, that don't just shut people out and only want to hear their own opinion and think their opinion is right. Cause maybe you might sway me, yeah. right? You might sway, you might make me think a little bit differently, or you might put a little nudge of doubt in the way I think about something. And I might go, huh? Maybe he has a point. Let me dig into that a little bit and see where it goes. I, I swayed my buddy to believe in men in black. And as I was doing it, I was believing <laughs> it in myself. Shit. We did, I, have, I have like at least 60 episodes of this spinoff podcast I used to do called Fill in the Blank, where it's like I haven't released any of them. They're just saved on my computer. And like they all go from uh, uh, Christmas in Nazi Germany um back when the only they literally took the christ out of christmas but they couldn't kill santa claus and i'm like my buddy like i'm like what do you know about the men in black and he goes i know nothing so i'm just sitting here reading a bunch of articles in front of me and i'm pulling up pictures on this tv 
that we have in the podcast room. And he just goes, dude, you're starting to make me believe in the men in black. I'm like, dude, honestly, I'm fucking believing in it now too. Like I honestly started hearing all the accounts from all of it. I was like, this might be an actual thing. And I'm like, that's when I started, we started podcasting about the Yeti. Um, we started podcasting about so many different, like just random things that were just, we would go into it jokingly. I mean, my third episode of that podcast was Pastafarianism. That's what dived me into parody religions because I was like, it's taking a true interpretation of something. If it means, you know, you're, you're, you're just taking a little bit and you're going really, really far with it. You know, you're extending it out farther than what it actually means. Some people need that. You know, I've seen a butterfly on my way to work just get missed by a car. And I took a kind of religious interpretation for that. Like, that's all of us going through life. We're barely just missing that car. But then I realized a minute later, if that fucking butterfly would have just got crushed by that car, I would have been like, well, the world sucks. Everything's crap. Everything's fake. My mom's fake. Everybody's fake. You know, I'm like, all right. So it's funny you say this. And this literally happened um, two weekends ago literally right outside my neighborhood um just pulled out of my neighborhood it's a you know two lanes one side two lanes the other side and it's pretty clear fucking and this is the very 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 first time i've ever seen this deer dude ran across the road of course it was way above it was way uh further up than i was and there really wasn't any cars on the other side here comes and like no offense to people with fucking sports cars but this motherfucker man was fucking pedal to the metal and this deer you know, running, running, and the fucking car, and the fucking sports car never slowed down. Fucking hit the back of the deer. The deer flew up in the air, dude, and fucking went into the field next to the. I've never seen that ever. Got and, Uh It did, and all the motherfucker had to do, like you said, was literally slow down, like literally, like maybe for two seconds, and the deer would have been like free and clear. And like, dude, so like, I'm just like holy fuck man i just saw and i've never you know sometimes you see him on the side of the road or this and that and and like yeah dude like it was just like holy fuck i was like i and i couldn't get that like picture out of my head like the entire day it was it was fucked my buddies on on my like started the podcast with me on my first episode um he uh lives out in bishopville so he lives in this heavily populated deer area so i used to leave his house at like three o'clock in the morning and Oh my God, I would just be, I wouldn't even care. And every, cause he was like, why are you going so fast down our back country roads right now? Yes. Old town roads, horses, everything like that. But no, he was like, why would you go so fast knowing there's deer out there? I'm like, cause I just roll the window down. If I see a deer, I, I scream at the deer. Don't fucking think about it. And he goes, is that going to stop a deer from running? I was like, I resonate with that deer on such a spiritual level where he's going to stop dead center. <laughs> I've, I've only had one deer accident and i was going i think 45 down like a 25 mile an hour back road and there was it was really really dark nothing but cornfields popped up so you can't see shit if something pops out and a deer came out and jumped right in front of my car and my car was so new where where you hit the brakes and it basically throws you through the front of the windshield so i i my i just hit the brakes i went it stopped immediately the deer just i just hit his butt like enough to push him and he just pushed and kept on running. I was like, yeah, damn. Like now I'm very, very cautious when I drive. Uh, deers are built like bricks, man. And, 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 you know, kind of put this into I mean, not like a life, you know, like a life thing, but yeah, I mean, people need to slow down. Like, and he's, you know, it's like, you know, like everybody's in a rush, right? Dude. Like, you know, like the one time, the few times a month I have to drive into work, 
right? Speed limit's like 55. Dude, I could be going 75 and somebody's fucking riding my ass, flipping me off going, what the fuck, buddy? Speed up. Like, like calm down. Like everybody's in such a rush. People need to fucking relax and slow down. It's why you get road rage. I mean, I, I get road rage all the time. I, it's on the concept of we're just aware because we don't realize like we're in a moving vehicle. Like even if you feel like I'm rolling down the windows and just relaxing and driving and cruising, it doesn't matter. You're a constantly aware. You're on a level 10 already. Okay, so you haven't experienced this. I mean, I have since I'm a parent, but like, right, and I'm about to teach my son, hopefully soon, to, you know, help him learn how to drive. So like I taught my daughter. And that's one of the very, 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 very first things I taught her is you are in a car and you have your life, other people's lives, and everybody else's life in the palm of your hand. And you're in control of it when you're driving this car. And that's a powerful responsibility, knowing you can take a life or someone else's life because of the way you drive this vehicle. I laugh at that because my buddy always finds it funny that he can, uh, like he'll, like if I'm riding passenger, he'll give me a Charlie horse or give me some type of like thing that like messes with me. And then if I go and give it back to him, he's like, dude, I'm driving. I'm like, okay, well I'll just veer us both off into the middle of the woods right now. And it kills. <laughs> like I've been driving and him, like, just like be off to the side. And I'll mess with them and he'll mess with me while I'm driving. I'm like, dude, you understand if I just decided to take a left right here, we're both going off this bridge. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> I, but I trust you. I mean, I've helped my friends um, drive, get their permit, get their license. Even at the age, like just last year, at the age of 20, they finally got their permit. And I was like, let's drive my car. And I'm like, let's just go on the back roads and I'll teach you everything you need to know. Like your parents don't, they only have one vehicle and th that one vehicle is in constant use. So you have no way of getting any training and I want you to be ready for it. I drove him to the MBA and helped him get his license. It was an awesome moment. At least cool. I, felt, I felt probably as close to a parent as I possibly could at that moment. But it was like, no, I'm going to take the time to help you out, you know, because if that's all it needs, some people just need a little bit of help. That doesn't mean you need a handout 24 seven, but we shouldn't stop someone from maybe getting the ball rolling for themselves. You know what I mean? Because they might not have that option, that ability to be able to do that. Like, you know, I, I had a guy I work with, um, you know, he was, he needed $5 for the bus. I offered to give him $5. He wouldn't take it. Uh, so I left 10 minutes before he did. And I just dropped the $5 on the ground, knowing that he was going to come and cross to that path. It's a little bit of an enclosed area. So the wind wouldn't have blown it. It was just something he was just going to stumble upon. The next day I was like, did you find a way home? He's like, dude, you're not going to believe it, but I found $5 just on the ground. <laughs> right I on. I didn't say a damn word. I just sat there and looked at him was like, that is awesome. That sounds like a miracle, man. It sounds like you had a fucking good Samaritan. You had a break. Right? Dude. You had a break. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, yeah, man, it was definitely something I definitely needed after that long day. I was like, I offered to give you a ride home and stuff, but he just won't take money. And I, I get it. But I'm like, if I can do that and just choose to be nameless, like when I don't wear a name tag at work, that doesn't show any credit to me. That just shows that I know what it means to be human and to truly just help one another. I mean, it's yeah. not your job, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be do it. You know what I mean? You, you, you bring up a good point, man. And a lot of people, right, would do something like that and then turn around. And let's say, he, you know, he took the $5 and, you know, and look, I'm not saying everybody would do this, but, you know, some people would turn around and be like, yeah, you know what I, uh, you know what I did? I, uh, I gave Joe uh, five bucks so he could get home. Yep. I, I gave him $5. Right. And 
it's it's not about that. Like I said, like you you did it. You don't need any like credit. You don't need to brag about it. You it you know you you did it and you felt good and and that's all you need. And you know you did something good for somebody. Yeah. You know you helped them out. And you know, like you see, put people up on a pedestal and this and that. And that's what a lot of people do, dude. Fa- right? Because everybody posts every fucking thing on. Fa- I don't. I'm old school, man. I mean, I have Facebook. I have all social media stuff, but I don't post my life on Facebook. So um, I'm just a more private when it, when it comes. That's why I like when I started podcasting and I was just like, oh shit, I have to get into Instagram. I have to get into Twitter. I got to. So what, what I did, and this is personally just me, and maybe this affects me growing my audience or whatever, but I kind of picked my poison and I'm Instagram heavy. So that's it. I really don't do anything on Twitter. I really don't do much on Facebook. Um, And I picked my vice of of Instagram and I post a lot of things and memes and this and that. And that was a big transition for me because I'm a very private person because I guess that's just kind of how I grew up. And I'm not one of those people that believes in posting your life on social media, because I just feel like, man, there's just some stuff in your life that's meant to be private and meant to be for you and your family or you and the people, um, that surround you. Like everybody doesn't have to know I ate a fucking salad at a fucking restaurant and I took a fucking picture of it. And I was like, Hmm, look what I'm fucking eating or, or this is where I'm at. Yeah. This is where I'm at. So everybody knows there's nobody in my fucking house. Like what? Like, you see, this is kind of, I'm just like, People don't need to know where I am 24 <laughs> seven. I mean, I need to show that. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like, Hey, looking for recommendations. I'm like, why don't you go experience it yourself? Like, why are you asking for people's advice? Do you, it's like asking people, where would you think I should travel to? And they're like, I don't fucking know you. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like I could tell you to go to Japan and you hate all Asian people. I have no clue. Why would you even like, you don't ask travel advice from someone you've never met before because you don't know what you're going to experience. That's why when people say like, Oh, that movie sucks. I'm like, uh, I fucking love the green lantern. A lot of people gave that movie shit. Even Ryan Reynolds gave it. <laughs> Ryan, yeah. Deadpool. Yeah. It, it, it was my, you know, I have my own experience with it. It's why people love books. It's why people love many different things that you, that's why I say you have to experience everything for yourself. Yeah, man, the world's too much, especially like movie or a dude. Every, why does everybody, oh, Rotten Tomatoes, well, Rotten Tomatoes was at like 20%. Don't fucking, no, man, make your own opinion. Like you might think it's one of the best movies like ever. I actually got a buddy that um, I'm posting up his episode uh, soon. Uh, it's called, uh, what is it? It's not, rot- it's not Rotten Tomatoes, it's the opposite. It's Fresh Tomatoes. He calls it Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, and it looks like the optimistic side of movies that give a really bad review. And <laughs> overall, like all these movies, I'm like, yeah, I heard that one was crap. He's like, but you didn't know. He's like telling me all these facts. I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty cool to have this out there. It's finally a little bit of positivity instead of just negative shit all the time. There you go, man. That actually sounds like an interest. I might have to look that up. That sounds pretty interesting, actually. It's, it's- and that's what I like, dude. And that's what, like, even with me, like, I like finding – um, you know, like new podcasts to listen to. And I try to listen to music. Like you said, I'm, I am kind of setting my ways a little bit with music, dude. Cause once again, man, eighties child, I love eighties music, but where I'm at, dude, I love nineties Right? I was a teenager. Um, I'm huge into nineties music and 
you might not like this because you, well, you, who knows? Because you took a shot at Octopus Garden, I think, on the last last podcast. The Beatles, dude, are like, it's like my favorite band. I like, fucking love the Beatles. Ever. Yeah, you, you gave shit to Octopus Garden because no, it's, <laughs> it's the fact, like Octopus it's the Garden. Now it gets chopped into a fucking LSD trip every time you listen to it. <laughs> I used to listen to that song religiously when I used to play Halo and you used to be able to have music in the background. I would listen to nothing but the Beatles over and over again. But like my parents are all DJs, broadcasters. So it's like I, I was diverse. Like I was I, immediately when a Kiss toothbrush came out, you were having a Kiss fucking toothbrush. My dad was in a Kiss tribute band. Oh, know? that's awesome. So it was like as a kid, my dad was the cat man. Like it was that that that's, that that was that was my dad, and it was like. I, I mean, I remember looking through all their vinyl records and these CDs in their garage. And I'm like, what are all these bands? Like, why is this person shitting in a toilet on the front cover? What is this? <laughs> that was back in the day where you took a CD and you threw it into your CD player and you walked to the bus stop. You were stuck with that fucking CD. You know, if it was a good option or a bad option. So I, each day was something new I was listening to. Shit, man. I had a Walkman. So <laughs> fucking cassette tapes. <laughs> you know what cassette tapes are? <laughs> the struggle is real, my friend. <laughs> I had to fucking rewind. Yeah, fucking yeah, I was rewind. stuck with that fucking shit. I couldn't oh skip God. the next. I couldn't skip to the next fucking song. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing, man. So like with me, I actually listened to a lot of rap music when I was like preteen. It's all I listened to is rap music. Teenage. And then, uh, and like I said, it's like cliche or whatever. Uh, Nirvana came along, uh, dude, and changed my whole perspective on music. Kurt Cobain changed my entire perspective. And that's when I started listening to rock music. And then I got into rock music, um, like I said, about 1990. So yeah, I was like, what, 12, 13. And then I met my buddy Jim a couple years later, who I started with the band. And he's the one, man, got me into the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Thin Lizzy. Uh, Led Zeppelin and then I just dove into 60s 70s music like crazy and that's what I kind of I still do that now right so I saw the Queen movie last year and I know nothing about Queen about Freddie Mercury nothing I, I, dude I know all the radio songs right I know Bohemian Rhapsody and we are the champions and right I know all that that's it I went to this movie I was so fucking blown away by the movie and by Queen dude for two months all I listened to was Queen music for two months. And, and I'm one of those people that I like live. I like live stuff with, you know, uh, studio albums. And Queen's, like, live uh, CDs that were on Spotify were better than the studio albums. And it's all I listened to. Dude, Freddie Mercury is, right, just absolutely amazing. One of the best vocalists of all time. Best teeth but, in the business. Best teeth. <laughs> but you know, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like when you have passion for something and you really, and you really want to dig into something like, uh, you know, I think that's what you need to do. Like, and then to fully, cause now I fully understand Queens music because I dug into them. And one of my favorite song is love of my life. Dude, it's just like a piano song with him that, I don't know if anybody really knows what that what that song is. It was it is it is in the movie, but like that's my favorite Queen song. Yeah, not fucking Radio Gaga is one of my favorite songs too, and that one's probably not a real popular Queen song to like because it's like later more the technoish type Queen stuff. And that's the thing about Queen, man. It's like they had the rock stuff, and then they dabbled into like you know yeah like the t t uh, different like the Radio Gaga sounding stuff and. 
And, you know, like the fucking Beatles, they evolved. And when bands evolve, that's what makes bands last. And, and you know, because, like, look, dude, I, I like bands like Disturbed and Corn and stuff like that. But look, uh, Godsmack. You put in a Godsmack, you put in a Disturbed album, album number one to album number four, I could play you all the tracks and you're not going to be able to tell me what song belonged on what album. Because yeah. it all sounds, uh, Offsprings, I love Offspring, but it's, it's like kind the, of all the it's same. It's four chord thing. So all the major songs can be played using the same four chords. Yeah, it's fucking the John Cougar Mellencamp. That's what I call it. It's the fucking John Cougar Mellencamp. Uh, what's the fucking? Uh, what's the fucking? I hate. It's Nickelback. I fucking hate that band. But look, what? Why do you hate Nickelback? Oh, I fucking hate Nickelback. Look at this photograph. Oh, oh dude, something I, happened talking. when I laughed. Something? Let me start in them. They, They're from Canada. That's why you fucking hate. No, nah, because I love Alanis Morissette. So come on, she's from Canadian. Bare naked ladies. I think they're Canadian. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's been one week. Da, 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 da. Oh God! It's a, it's a '90s band. You know the one guy that everyone doesn't look at because he only had one hit and could never do any other songs. Who? Like he, Chubby Checkers. Do the twist. Come on, baby. And all the songs after that were the do same the thing. Twist. Like, twist to the left. Twist to the right. Like they're all just tangents of the twist. <laughs> he had one hit, and that was it. Going back to Nickelback and John Kruger Mellencamp, I hate Nickel. Dude, I hate John Kruger. I saw John Kruger Mellencamp in concert with a when I was a teenager with an XXX girlfriend. Uh, she got tickets. We went, and it was all right. But like you talk, just once again, you talk about the kings of just like three or four chord songs. G D A, you know E. There you go, my friend. Just put them in different. Green Day is another perfect example, man. Just don't write their don't mainstream. Green Day. No, 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 no. They're, they're oh, one of my favorite sorry. bands. No, no, no. I'm just saying they are the kings of punk rock simple songs. Oh, yeah. That's true. I no, mean, no. That, that's where I'm going. It's the like, same concept, though. It's catchy to the ear. Like, that's what I hate yes. about new music now is because everything's based on a studio trend now. A studio makes the beat for you and then gets you to say one word on top of it and then perform, like, then you perform it. But the whole idea is now they're just using studio-tized beats. The the company, you know, the gut, whatever the music industry pays you just to say some words over a beat they've already found out that hits all the major aspects of catching a listener's attention. And that's what catches the trendy top articles now. You, you know, it's fucked up. Like, cause like I said, I'm in bands. I'm, I'm in a, well, it's on pause, but like, you know, we've recorded new stuff and, and look, we're guilty too. Right. Cause, uh, um, back in the day, dude, you had to record start to finish, no mistakes, no nothing. You had to start the song, finish the song all the way through when you recorded it. Singing, playing, everything. Shit, man. Now I'm up in, like I said, my buddy's like second floor in a room. We're soundproof. We got all the equipment. I could, we could literally like, I could play like the chorus and then he can literally just copy it. And uh, you, you wouldn't even know. You, wouldn't you, don't even know to, you don't even have to be in the same state. You can no. literally be in two different no. places and someone just sends no, you audio and laps just, right over it. To me, it's, 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 it, it is, it's, it's lazy recording because I could literally record one part and you could copy and paste it and make a, and make a four minute song, which I have more respect uh, for Foo Fighters. Like, so Dave Grohl, like uh, two or three albums ago, he went back to an analog recording where you had to hit play on the, the tape 
and you had to record the song start to finish without making any mistakes. I respect that because no one records like that anymore. So, well, the problem is, you know, there's something real about a band when it shows that even at their fame, they go and still gather together, go into the garage and then try and crank out a song, try and crank out an album on the concept of you need that connection. You need to find the vibe. You need to sit there for a minute while one dude's just playing the same notes over and over and over again until someone else hops in. And next thing you know, you're seeing this work in progress develop this amazing thing. It's the Dewey Cox story. You start off with good intentions, but later along the way, you lose it, and then you have to wrap back around it to the end. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but where he gets to the point where he's like, I need an army of didgeridoos. And it started <laughs> off like a country. Like he played the beginning, like, I want to hold your hand. Like, that's all I want to do is stand beside, like this uh, beginning. And then he goes, walk hard, like this fake Johnny Cash story. The next thing you know, he's, he ends up like the Beatles taking nothing but LSD with the Beatles. Oh, it's, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a guy with Will Ferrell. Who does the movies with Will Ferrell? Yeah, 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 yeah. Riley, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Like, you start off with good intentions and then you lose it along the way. And hopefully at the ending, you are able to wrap it all up into one beautiful tale. Like that's all of us. That's the best interpretation you could take from a movie like that is that we're, we start off with the purest of thoughts. We get lost along the way and hopefully we don't stay lost. We find out what it is at that one moment, hopefully before the end that concludes our life into one giant, least amazing story an amazing tale you have your weaknesses you have these things bruce lee said it best you know god gave you this life because you're tough enough to walk it you're the only one in your shoes that can handle your problems and your situations so do the best with what you got and don't ever stop that's so easy it's 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 simple to say hard to do but i think more people need to realize like we're the ones that make it hard to do we choose to live a life of comfortability. I'm at fault for doing it myself. You know, a paycheck's oh. better than not having money. But the aspect of you can build yourself up for success, but if you don't ever take those steps or take ever those push forward, you're never going to get there. We're all guilty, man. Like I said, and for convenience and and what we uh, the decisions we make and what we do in life. But you know the th you know the thing is is you got to learn from it. You know. Uh, and what you know, you touched on it. It's you're always a work in progress. And something that really motivates me is that's really helped me these past couple years, just with stuff in my life is um, recognizing it in yourself. So if you can recognize something that you want to change, or you know maybe something you want to do better or evolve, the very first step, and I I honestly believe this in anything is being able to recognize it in yourself because you know what that's the hardest thing to do is to recognize a problem with yourself and to say hey you know what i actually have a problem doing something like this or doing like this now look so i'll give you an example and you know this is a small example but still an example so i used to say like you say something like blah 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 mike and i say oh no problem right I don't say that anymore. So I actually had to retrain my brain to not say no problem to people that talk to me because in one of these, you know, videos or books that I've read, and I actually believe this, 
Because when somebody says something to you and you say, oh, not a problem or no worries, th th those are the two phrases. I don't say those anymore. I don't say no worries or no problem anymore. They're not in my vocabulary. Because when you say that, what's the last word that you hear? Worries or problem. So psychologically, you're, you're actually imprinting a negative word on that person. And you don't mean to, but psychologically, you are. So you have to find substitutes. So, and so, so, and dude, trust me, it was super difficult to break that habit, but I had to realize what I was doing and I had to think about what I was doing. I had to stop and think about it and find different, you know, different things to say. It, you know, I could, you know, I like to try to say my pleasure or that's fine. That's cool. You, you get know, Chick-fil-A yeah. answer. Uh, yeah, it is. It's like the Chick-fil-A thing, but I, ha but I actually do it in my job now. So if I call somebody, I call freight come, this happens all the time. And they say, can we put you on hold? Every time, every single time. No problem. I don't do that now. Mike, can we put you on hold? That absolutely. You can put me on hold. I'll wait. Or yep, that's fine. Thank you. See, see the difference. See, yeah, I mean, you see the difference you there. You're welcome. Also, gives it like a you're, you're you know, like you're, you're, you want that. Thank you. You know what I mean? You know that is that is in terms, but when you have the word "you're welcome," like it's you're you're telling someone like I did something for you. Like that's that that's another word I think you should pro that we should probably fix too. Yeah. So, and I know you're right. Listening to your podcast that you're, you're into psychology and you study psychology and stuff. So think about it. We need as a society and as people in general, the less negative words we can use towards people, the less it will imprint on people when we're not even really meaning it to be negative because our society thinks no problem and no worries that's acceptable. And that's not negative when in psychology reality, you actually are making a negative impact because it's a negative word. Minor and stress fractures. There you go. So then, then, like I said, that's just something little that I've actually retaught my brain. I don't say I don't say those two word phrases anymore at all. And look, everybody, it wasn't easy. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and tell you I did it like in a week. I did it in two weeks. I did it in a month. No, I mean, it was a constant struggle, and it was constantly me working on that little thing and being self-aware about it and finally getting to the point where I'd be like, no, I would stop myself and be like, yep, that, that's, that's fine. You can put me on hold. Thank you. Right. And eventually what, eventually what happens? It's, it's habit. Right. And eventually you're not, you're not thinking about it. And eventually you're not saying those words. Habits form in 21 days, but there you go. So I told you, dude, it, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in a week. It didn't happen in two weeks. It, it took about a month or over a month, man, to really get that out of, really get that out of my vocabulary. Applause to you, man. Cause I mean, a lot of people need to break out of this habit of just being disconnected. And that's just something that's just, they don't even understand yet. They don't, they haven't even rationalized the point that they are disconnected. You know, you need to connect again to people. We're not having that anymore. And I, I dude, it's been amazing talking to you on this, man. I, for, I'm, I give you a huge amount of credit just on just listening to my episodes. I don't even think I've listened to a full one all the way through. <laughs> I remember the conversation, but I start hearing myself talk. I'm like, good God, where were we going with this? 
you don't have to remind me, right? Because I, once again, you've kind of said, you know, with my podcast, I always record like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, and I have to edit my stuff down. And I add music and, and ah, this and that. So much for me. And you're just like, hey, man, you're just like, hey, this is Robbie. And, you know, I... I don't edit my podcast. I just put it all out there. Hey, man, I have to edit my podcast. I have to make them entertaining. Like I'm just like, fuck it. I'm lazy. (laughs) I did it for the first three, and I was like, I can't. It's too much. There's the ums. There's that. Like, it's too much. I I was doing it on the phone too. I had iMovie on my phone. The original ones were put up. The first three were put up that way. Holy hell. No, 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 no. I had that <laughs> Scott Glorioso. We had a three-hour conversation. Oh, my God. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then I remember I forgot to save it when I closed out of iMovie, and I had to redo a whole nother three hours. I was like, ah. So I was just like, you know, screw it. I'm going to post it up. If there's something where, like, a dog barks or something, I'll just be like, I'll try and find the spot. Maybe, like, if the, we get disconnected from a chat. But that's yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you checked out any of my podcast, but what I do is, um, like I said, I have a lot of material I cut out. But what I do is I'll try to find like really fun, funny moments and something like that. So one of the very, I put outtakes at the end of my podcast. So when the podcast is done, there'll be several and there'll be like funny moments. And sometimes it'll be stuff like that, where it'll be like noises in the background. There's one where like, yeah, like there was like this huge motorcycle sound over at my brother's house and this and that. Or, you know, I'll just put like funny moments that I do cut out that it's, trust me, man. Like I said, I never edited. It's really tough editing uh, and trying to, coming from someone over here who records like two hours of audio and I cut it down to an hour. That is really difficult to listen to an hour of audio and you listen to it and, it's, and it flows naturally. It sounds natural. It's hard and to I'm, cut out. Uh, and I have to really like try to make good cuts to where you don't know I made a cut. So, and I, I, and it's always been a work and I'm still, dude, like I said, like if you, if you listen to my early episodes, there's barely, I listened to your pilot. It was like, Oh God. See, that's the one I'm just like, Oh, I'm just like, Oh God. But, uh, tell though, like you were, you've kind of progressed in a way. Then you, I listened to, what was it? Uh, storm trooper joe you listen to star trooper joe's awesome <laughs> and i was like i was i'm listening to it i'm like i could tell where you can kind of like you, i mean it's so you, you see the change of it from the editing process like you have it down to it's pretty good now like to the point like you really can't tell if you miss something like a lot of people always like if you look at joe rogan's podcast it seems like he doesn't edit anything out no he does i actually have caught him in a couple of his recent episodes you hear like there's a skip in the conversation yeah so it, sometimes it's hard and it's yeah. like there's a lot of stuff that probably gets cut out of those conversations like one that's like 50 minutes long you're like why is it 50 minutes there's got to be like a good hour and 30 that was supposed to be on that yeah i i'm telling you it, it is um it was really cool kind of learning i obviously now it, like you said dude like you said you spent like three hours like dude so that's like my and you already you already know how limited my time is right so like i have to record the podcast i record an hour and a half to two hours of audio yeah man then i'm spending four five six hours editing and then i edit it and then i actually i have to listen to it again to make sure all my edits are clean right and then if i find something last week i found one thing i needed to cut out which means i had to move the muse i had to move everything over and i was just like oh fuck me 
but you know, I do it, I move on, I save it. And you know, then you got, I got to write up a description. I got to do this. I got to do the logo. I got to, you know, I got to post it. And then me, I'm still growing, you know, growing podcast. I fucking, I got to advertise it. I, I put it on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And then I always do like another one of my segments is I do a star Wars encyclopedia character fact of the week, which I do. I have like star Wars encyclopedias and they have pictures in them. And I always do characters and these characters are fucking nuts that I find in this encyclopedia. So I post them on Instagram. I say, Hey, you want to know what the character fact is? Check out my podcast. Then I make a sound bite later in the week, 60 seconds, post it. Hey, you want, you like, you like what you hear? Come check out my podcast. So, you know, I, I do a lot of plug-in just to try to grow the podcast. Like I said, we are a small underground podcast, which is really cool, which I'm starting to do crossover podcasts. Our podcast last week, I did with another Star Wars podcaster, mm. which, which is super cool. You're crossing swords. Exactly. You never or cross streams. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, man, it's just like, it's really cool. And once, you know, kind of like I said, I never... Like you said, Lando, dude, we can sit here and talk five hours. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I'm, I fucking, I'm a talking machine. So, um, but you know, when I first started the podcast, I knew I was gonna kind of, it was gonna be hard for me to grow my fan base because I want an explicit podcast. So, and look, all Star Wars podcasts, they're all PG, they're all family friendly, and you can get a bigger audience. Don't get me wrong. No, I wanted to be myself and I wanted to do a podcast where, there's cursing all the way through and I wanted to be myself and I wanted people to say, Hey man, here's a star Wars fan. Who's not afraid to be himself and to talk about star Wars in a different way, in a fun way. It, it wouldn't make sense for anyone to ask anything different from you. You have to make it your own creative thing. I think a lot of people lose that when they choose to monetize and choose to listen to what viewers have to say. I'm like, if you try and change it or let anybody structure it, like, you know what I could be doing right now if I was not doing this podcast? I could be doing professional broadcasting at my dad's radio station. You know what? You know how many times it, that would be the easiest thing for me to already just get a name on my foot in the door? And I said, fuck no. I want to do it myself. I'm going to do it my way. And it, that's that. there is no other way. It's just this way. It's the way I have to learn it. I have to experience it myself. I don't want to ever – If honestly, if I could – me and my cousin had an idea um, at the beginning of summer to buy this property on this boardwalk in my local town before I started getting this all online where I could go with anybody all over the world. And they were, he was like, we're going to give you this. We're going to set up a studio where someone's just going to come in, have a little bit of time, and then just talk to you. And that's how we'll make income. People will pay. People. Do. I'm like, no, stop, stop. That's an awesome idea. I really appreciate it, but don't. If you're, if I charge people to do this, I won't feel right in myself because you shouldn't have to pay for conversation. You shouldn't yeah. have to pay for this connection that we all need. And as people, we should be providing to others. You need it yourself. You're getting, you're getting a benefit out of it too. If you want to look in that aspect of how we all kind of want something for ourselves, you get a benefit from it. So do it. You know, if I, if I don't want to make this into a job, honestly, if I could do this every single day and not have to worry about bills, not have to do anything, I'd love to, I would do it all day, but it's the concept of, I need to realize that I don't want this to be something where I feel forced to do. I never want it to turn into that. Even though some nights I do feel like, oh God, I got to get up right now. Even though I got to work with this guy I promised to do a podcast with, but I find even with I, that dire sleep I need that 
goes away when I start podcasting. It's like someone throws a recharge into my batteries and I'm ready to go. You're talking about um, going back to like de-stressing. This de-stresses me also. Like doing my podcast, actually doing this pod, doing your podcast. Like me just ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. There you go. Um, We ran this bitch, yo. So look, and I said this to my brother, and I shit you not. Um, I have to do because once again, I had another Star Wars podcaster on last week's episode, and I actually sent him a big long text after I was done, and I said, "Hey, man." I said, I just want to apologize um, for you not being able to chime in and get more input in during the episode. I said, me and my brother, we just have strong personalities and it's hard to get a word in once we get going. And I know he was like, no, man, no big deal. I didn't want to steal your thunder. And I, and we, me and my brother recorded today and I told him that and he goes, he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, he goes, you know, sometimes he goes, he goes, yeah, we should probably start doing that. And and but my brother said he goes, hey man, you know you gotta you gotta keep up with us, you you know, uh, and it, that's true in a way. But like, I still want people to feel comfortable enough to interrupt us if they want to interrupt us. Yeah, or I, I love it when people take it. I'm like, when someone messaged me, I'll follow your lead. I'm like, my my lead is just introducing you. And then we go from there. Whatever you want to choose to talk about. If we start talking about your job and you just want to dive off, let's fucking do it. That's what I love about. That's what I loved about listening to your podcast. Because, dude, look, I, I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm, I look at the titles and I'm going to be like, oh, teacher, or this guy's into stocks and bonds. I, I don't give two fucks about stocks and bonds or somebody who who does this profession or this profession. But as I listen to your podcast, like your like the ones that I saw the titles and I was interested in, and then I clicked on the other ones and I listened to the teacher and I listened to the this this lady who's in this profession, the marketing or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm totally not into any of this stuff, but I don't listen now I'm not going to listen to your podcast because oh I I think, and I know nothing about D and D, but like I actually thought it was interesting because it's more on like the nerdy side of things. But like, what we're getting out of this podcast is just people's like opinions and how they feel about things. And I think that's more like I said, no, no offense to the guy, dude. The guy did a great like, dude. He was just like, I'm the dungeon master, and the smoke, the smoke cleared, and the orc had the big spear dick. And do you want to pull his dick? Do you want to chop his dick off? Do you know, let's roll the 20-sided dice and see what happens to the orc's dick. And dude, it was, I thought that was, because he's so passionate about it. Exactly. And it's fun listening to people that are passionate about things that they love. Dude, I know nothing about D&D, but it got me going, huh. I wonder what it would be like to like play D and D. Like it sounds pretty Dude, cool. I've never, I've never played. I had a poster when I was a kid, and that was it. That was all I knew. It had monsters and shit in it. And then I started podcasting about like folklore, like the Clarician, and that's evolved in the game. It's known as the Irish Leprechaun's Drunk Cousin. It's like the it's the one that would like basically steal all your beer and all these types of things. <laughs> like that was in a folklore. So I'm like, there's all this shit that is really, really interesting and people are interested in. And I could take the time to listen to it. I'd rather, I want to know more about it. So fuck it. Let's dive in head first. I'm in the yeah. show. I, you know, like I said, I guess, I guess that's just the point is like, it doesn't matter if you're interviewing like someone in the marketing field or the business field or a teacher or some 41 year old guy over here who does a star Wars podcast and fucking works in customer service. Cause I honestly thought, man, I'm like, you know, I'm like telling him like, yeah, I'm like, 
I'm like doing a podcast with somebody and I'm just like, I've never been on a podcast where we just shoot the shit and I'm just like, what's so interesting about me? Dude, I'm just your everyday guy who supports his family, works two jobs to support my family, loves Star Wars, you know, into different things. But you think it's cool and you want to hear like kind of what I'm passionate about you're and kind of what I that. think about stuff. Which, you're more than that, dude. Trust me. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> you're, you're, you got a lot. You got a lot for you, man. I'm telling you, you got some uh, epic conversation. I'll tell you that much. I mean, it's been amazing talking to you. Just it, it, it's, it's, I tell people. It may look at the job in the first minute, but that doesn't mean anything about the person. It doesn't matter if you're unemployed. It doesn't matter if you're whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all about you as a person. We all have something that makes us unique. So let's talk about it. And that's awesome. And like I said, once again, I applaud you for the podcast and I applaud you for uh, taking the time to try to reach as many people. And I think it's cool that you're going to be traveling, like you said, to uh, Greece or wherever and doing the face to face interactions with different people with different backgrounds, dude, like that's amazing. Like we need more people like you out in the world at your age, my friend. So I'm going to test your knowledge a little bit. If you don't mind me, Uh oh. I want you to anything you've heard in the podcast, the episodes that you've listened to that you're like, that can't be true. Maybe he's bullshitting that you want me that you want to say to me right now that will, I can give you the story to it. Anything. Oh man. I don't, I, something that I like think is bullshit that I've listened to. I, I don't know. Um, it's a good question. I, I look, man, I, 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 I hate this to be like the cop out answer, but, um, honestly don't think anything is bullshit because I'm kind of like you. Like I like listening to the different dude. I love like the conspiracy theories. So like, yes. Yeah, so, so for me to sit here and be like, Oh, the fucking moon landing was fucking staged. Fuck you. I don't think that that's fucking dumb. Uh, it, it could, it, it, it could have been <laughs> right. No, that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. It's hard for me to say that because you're just like, Oh, there's Bigfoot out there. Or there's this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. The, there, yeah, there might be Bigfoot in the woods somewhere. Yeah, man. They might have filmed There's the moon a landing. There's of people that believe in a giant pink invisible unicorn. So, it's, uh, Dude. Yeah. Scientology? I mean, Good fuck, my friend. Uh, landing eggs in a fucking volcano? I mean. Started on Tom Cruise. <laughs> I just think of the South Park episode where John Travolta pops out and he's in the, they're all in the closet. But, his uh, tooth is in the middle of his face and nobody knows this. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, but like I said, to be completely honest with you and serious, like, yeah, man, I, I don't think I can call you out on anything to be completely honest with you. Because from what I've heard, I like hearing the different opinions, especially that you have. And, and like, I'm not going to disagree with them. It, dude, if you think they filmed the moon landing, <laughs> what, okay. And I'm going to sit here and be like, yeah, maybe. Dude, if you got 9-11 conspiracies and, and this and that, I mean, that's your opinion. And yeah, I'm not going to like try to argue. I guess I'm kind of like you in a way, man. I just like anything personal of mine that you would person say, a personal story I might have, like something I would have said that people are like, yeah, that can't be real. That can't be true. Yeah. So I can't really, I really can't think of anything, man. Like I thought it was fucked up. You didn't know who fucking magic johnson was i will fucking tell you that i know who magic johnson um, is i know who magic johnson is but i didn't know that michael jordan was the one i my mom actually texted me <laughs> in this podcast she actually texted me saying it's mad look 
Look, look. She said, "Hold on, if my phone adjusts it." She said, "It's Magic Johnson, not my." <laughs> that's awesome. Said, that's the fucking joke. I said I didn't. I, it's, a, it's a real thing. I I honestly know now, but at the same time, I've lived 21 years thinking <laughs> it was Michael Jordan, the guy from Space Jam, that changed my childhood. <laughs> it's too much now. If I try and change my ways now, I just look like a liar. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little background in for you too like it's it's funny <laughs> he's dying laughing it's she texted me that like after i shouted that and i was like oh my god like i had to check my phone <laughs> shit <laughs> she sounds <laughs> I, I i just i i try and tell people like i say the same stuff usually over and over again when it comes to the stories and i usually have like my buddy um, Jared Johnson, um, I have a thing like when it comes to the education system where it did give up on me. And then my New Year's Day podcast is with the one teacher who never gave up on me out of like the three I really have had. She taught that she knew I had ADHD. So she put eraser caps on my pencils to drum on the desk. So on New Year's Day, my birthday is New Year's Eve. So I had a New Year's Eve podcast where me and my buddy were just getting drunk and just counting, recounting the thing for the ball dropping but new year's day i woke up two o'clock in the morning went to the gym then by 6 a.m she was at my house and we were podcasting you know and we were talking and she was telling me all these amazing things she saw that i was going to do and all these wonderful things and i'm like all right yeah okay thank you i appreciate that you know but it was like hearing her talk about the way like you know trying to help me out and then i was going into the podcast my buddy jared um who just got back from doing a C, like uh, he's now an EMT and actually uh, helped out. Uh, he just traveled uh, to another country, forgot what country it was to help out with them. I like do some Peace Corps type stuff, build homes and stuff. And he talks, I talk about this room that I got put in because I had really bad ADHD where they thought I was mentally retarded. So they put me in this room that was an all white room with a little window in the door. And I was describing the thing that I've used in the episodes before that episode he goes and stops me. Did it have any starts detailing the rest of the room before I was saying it? And I'm like, how do you know this? He goes, that's the room they put my uh, mentally disabled brother in. And I was like, that's right. And in the podcast, I talked about it. Like I would walk by that room on my last year there and would see that kid because he was behind us and would see that kid in there. And I felt so bad because I had been in his position. And we talked about that. I was like, now it's fucking a fact. Now everyone knows I wasn't bullshitting. That's an actual thing. Everything I've ever said on my podcast, everything I've ever said is either how I thought, felt, or what have I experienced. I don't need to bullshit an answer to you. Yeah, I, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, when I'm listening to you, I don't hear no bullshit, right? So I guess that's why I can't answer that because, uh, you know, I, it doesn't sound like bullshit. And I think, you know, I like to say I have a good bullshit detector. And, you know, when you talk to people, even when you listen to people, I think you can detect like bullshit out of them. Right. Uh, if I felt you were bullshit or you weren't sincere at all, that's why I like, I really wanted to dig into you a little bit before I got on because yeah, cause that was my first thing was right. I wanted to check it out and I listened to one and you're just like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm this way. And I'm like, are you really this way? And then I listened to another one and another one and another one and another one. And you can hear the sincerity in the way you talk and the way you talk to people when people disagree with you, when they agree with you, uh, 
you can like once again like you can just hear the honesty uh coming across from you so yeah dude because if i had any ill vibes and i thought you this would be some bullshit or there was any bullshit on your end i would fucking i wouldn't have come on here well man i appreciate you coming on and doing the podcast dude we've been podcasting for like two hours man uh look man that uh, was awesome we could talk forever <laughs> i definitely like i have people come back on too that want to so i'm like i'll definitely do after like this episode drops i'll put you know a special one i do ones that don't like so if you find ones that don't have an actual name of a person after it or it's just titled something that's usually just a shoot the shit one so we're just it's you're coming back on and we just talk about a specific topic or anything you want to talk about and do we just go from there go off on different tangents or whatever but yeah. I, re I really want to give you time here to just plug your podcast and let everyone see your awesome content so when i link it in the description they can still follow it Awesome. Thank you. And uh, really quickly, Robbie, uh, thank you so much for um, just, you know, extending the invite. And once again, yeah, it was just like a comment on Instagram and from doing the podcast actually with the other Star Wars podcaster um, that we did last week. And yeah, he was like, hey, guys, is, you know, anybody want to do a one on one? And I was like, that sounds interesting. So thanks for extending the invite out. Number one. Um, to me and giving me the platform to just, right, I guess just be myself and let people kind of find out about Mike Lando Ferrando over here because, yeah, man, if anybody that listens to my podcast comes and checks this out, they're kind of going to get a real dose of, of me, right? Not saying like I play a character on my podcast, but right, I mean, I talk about Star Wars and this and that. They don't get like real life stuff because it's a Star Wars podcast. So, but thanks for extending the arm and giving me the opportunity just to like have a conversation with you. Uh, an awesome conversation, right? I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, I mean, I think like it's once again, I think it's awesome that you're doing this kind of podcast. Uh, there needs to be more like, like I said, podcasts like this, that like uh, inspire people no matter what kind of guests you have on. So I think it's awesome. So, but anyways, um, to me, Mike Lando Frando, if you want to check out Sith Talkers, it's Sith Talkers, a Star Wars podcast. Um, it's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. It's on all podcast platforms. And if you want to hit me up on social media, uh, once again, I am mostly active on Instagram. It's at Sith Talkers, uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. We got an email. I no nobody fucking emails me. It's SithTalkers at gmail.com. Um, tell me, send me it through email. I'm like, I don't, I'm a millennial. I don't use it. Uh, all right, look. So really quick, Robbie. So because it's kind of like an ongoing joke on our podcast, we every almost every week we will tell our listeners if you email us, we will give you a personal fuck you shout out on the podcast. Once again, man, we're different. Yeah, we don't, we don't say thank I'm you, fans. We say you fuck now. you. We I'm emailing you now. I want it. I want to hear it. I want to hear <laughs> you'll, it. You'll get it, man. You'll get a personal fuck you from my brother and from me. So like I said, we just try to do fun things like that. And 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 that, like I said, plug in the podcast. And that's how I want to plug it. it. It's not your typical Star Wars podcast out there. We I try to have fun. I try to make up weird topics. And I have these these funny segments and i put lots of stupid music throughout the whole thing where i just try to make it fun and that's what i want people to do i want people to be entertained i want people to have fun and i want people to laugh and just be positive of, about star wars and there's a lot and like i said i too take star wars super serious 
but I don't think it needs to be super serious all the time. You can have fun with it. Yeah, and be able to relax. And and once again, man, it's 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 me and my brother. We are. It's my younger brother who's ten years younger than me, so it's kind of cool. I have an original Star Wars fan over here. My brother was born ten years later, so he he's more of a casual fan, which makes the podcast nice. He's a casual fan. I'm a hardcore fan, and we banter back and forth. And once again, everybody, my brother is an off the charts personality. He's 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 really out there, uh, and he's a lot of fun. So please, yeah, if, like, so if you get a chance, check out Sith Talkers, a Star Wars podcast. It'd be awesome. 